On this episode of Quantum Week, January 12th through 18th, 1997. Quantum Week, I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year and talk about movies, music, headlines, stories. We are in January 1997 with Jerry Maguire and uh, Unbreak My Heart by Tony Braxton. Right, but let's talk some tutors. Let's talk tutors. Yep, uh, the gummies. The gummies. The gummies, right? I'm regularly using them. I know you are. I like, can tell. Yeah, I, uh, so I talked about my uh, experience. I, I, I kind of used like two at once. And it made me uh, kind of, it, it was late at night. Uh, and I was just, just having some, you know, having some fun. It, it kind of knocked me, knocked me on my butt a little bit. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I, I've been, very, like, I don't know, every other night I've been like eating one. And it's like, it's just putting me in a good spot. Like, yeah. Relaxing. Um, and um, just kind of, just, just makes, makes it just easier to kind of just like chill into Wind the night. down. Yeah. Right. Um, and the thing I love, we talked about it on the last show, but the thing I love about it is just how amazingly convenient these things are. Like, you know, before I wanted gummies, I had to drive to Massachusetts. I had to go basically into like almost like a safe. Like this store was like, it was like walking into like a high rollers room in a casino. Like you, you had to go through like five different checkpoints. Yeah. No jokes. And then, you know, then you have to um, have the lady or the guy come with the key to get it behind, you know, it's behind yeah, like a glass, yeah. you know, uh, like a shelf. They got to get that. Let's like get the pharmacist or whatever. You got to, you know, or like Best Buy for something expensive. You got to right. open the key. The whole process. You got to stand in line. It's like, geez. And you got to drive home. So this, it comes to your house with free shipping if you use the promo code QW. And 10% off. And 10% off. And uh, the gummies are, in my opinion, better than the ones I got. I like, personally, I like Delta 8 better than Delta 9. It's a better fit for me. Really? Yeah. Do you, are you feel, did you feel like the other one was making you paranoid or something like what was it what would what, what felt different some people have that some people say they feel like extra anxiety and paranoia with the delta nine everyone's different i did not feel that with Delta you nine. didn't okay but i just like like the high or just the, the how my body feels with the delta eight or with this maybe this brand i don't know but whatever this is i like this better like than it. the gummies that i got in massachusetts and i've noticed like other people are saying it on twitter too we've definitely seen i keep seeing people buy it and then trying it and yeah. like thumbs upping. So I haven't seen, and I know they they were uh, two tours is really excited about this product. Like yeah, they were yeah, really yeah. amped up with this. So, um, uh, but I haven't seen this much like fire around. Or, uh, like this is this is getting like legit. Like people are really excited about this now. They obviously, are. yeah. I love the droplets. I love the droplets maybe even more than the gummies because the droplets are my safety net in case I can't get to sleep. Sure, so the droplets are probably the one thing I really couldn't do without. And the, and the solve and the sugar, all their products are great. But the gummies, I think, have really just like touched the nerve. Like people are they really have. excited. People, yeah, are like, people, like people are ramped up for this. Yeah. Um, and you go to tutors.com. Use um, uh, promo code QW, 10% off, free shipping. It comes to your door. You don't and have to go anywhere. You don't have to go anywhere. You can it's, stay in your jammies, whatever you need to do. It's awesome. Right. Um, so uh, I can't recommend that enough. Tutors.com, promo code QW. Get those gummies! Get them. Um, so before we get into the Jeremy Maguire, Jerry Maguire, Jerry Maguire situation, yep. uh, we had another situation. We had, an, <laughs> we had an equipment failure. We recorded this episode already. It's probably, probably about an hour and 20 minutes long. I went to, I think we recorded it on Sunday, maybe. Uh, yes. And I went to, to mix it and, you know, get it ready to, 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 to go live for this weekend this morning. And I hear like the worst, I wonder if I can even play 
Sky too. Sky. I like Vanilla oh, Sky. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was loud, huh? Sorry oh, about God, that. That was awful. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I don't know if they're going to hear that, but I'll put that in the. Okay. In the but did you hear it? It's like uh, robot it did. voice. It did, yes. Terrible. Not terrible, good. terrible. It terrible. Can't, can't, can't really say. So um, the whole thing was that I, I, uh, I exported it a particular way. You can export it a different way. I tried it multiple different ways, and it's just, it's all fucked. Um, so I called uh, Rode, who makes the Rodecasters, the, the piece of equipment that we used to record, and they're like, that's weird. Send it back to us and we're going to take a look at it because that, that shit's not supposed to happen. So that just le- <sighs> I mean, Matt's very frustrated. I'm frustrated because there's the tech. Co- yeah. I'm frustrated because I don't know what happened. And so I don't know if it's going to like how to make sure it doesn't happen again. Like it's probably equipment failure. But then again, I, I did a test recording today and it didn't happen. So I have no idea, but I don't know what's going on. It's not the SD card because the SD card was fine. Because, uh, like I said, I recorded another thing again. So maybe there's something loose in there. I don't know. Uh, but I'm, I got to send it back, and it's going to take him five days to send me a replacement one to use. But we have but, a backup. But yeah. we have a. It's fine. I'm using software to record, but that makes it a pain in the ass. We got this. <laughs> we got this Rodecaster because it makes it easier to do things like play things from your computer or do phone calls or whatever that you know. And we just can't do the same way. So it's it's frustrating. But the worst part is that we have to do this episode again. Before, yes, uh, we'll get into all things Jerry Maguire again. I'm not as, I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, you know, it's just, what are you going to do? You know, but the problem is like, so, and we've never done a show where we knew our opinions on the right. subject matter. Really? I mean, we, we could, we got a sense. Right. But now we know. Now we know. Right. So and that's yeah. weird. So, it, so yeah, it, this is like, obviously Matt and I know how we feel about the movie but ahead of time. So. Uh, and the song and everything. So, um, and Matt's heard my personal story already. Uh, so, uh, you know, but uh, we're just gonna we're gonna have her through this. I think it could be maybe it's our best episode ever. Maybe maybe, <laughs> maybe. just like the dress Jesus. rehearsal. This is this is the show. Jesus. Um, we do have some things we're excited about coming up. So we have uh, if you're hearing this on Saturday uh, later. Uh, this mic, I'm having. I'm just not comfortable. Uh, is it should be the same. Is it the way you hear it? Because it. Oh, it's yeah. It's just you got to tighten it up. You know, you're having equipment issues. What's going on? Um, oh. Oh no, you're a mess. A mess. Yeah. Okay, see, it's just dropping. It's not yeah, right. see, see that where the arm is. Uh, yeah, there. Uh, that the metal piece right there. There should be like a little widget you can. Uh, How's that better? Yeah, that's great. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So we have. Uh, this is gonna be a show, folks. This is. This could be a. This could be a. Fuck. All time classic here. Uh. So we have a. Uh. We have a movie rewatch uh, later tonight. If you're in this on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, Beverly Hills Ninja. Uh, hopefully uh, this episode is better than that movie. Uh, we have never we have not seen that movie. It just got very bad reviews. Uh, it is free on Netflix, so it's going to be kind of a bad movie rewatch. We did this with with Face Off. This is going to be available for our Patreon, our Patrons, Patreons, Patron people, Patrons. Uh, so that'll be available for them. If you are, you don't need to be in the five dollar range, even if you only do a dollar. Um, That's fine. You are eligible. Yeah, you can get it. Uh, we send you a link uh, about a half hour before. It's going to start about eight o'clock, and then you can come join us. We can bullshit about the movie. We can bullshit about Quantum Week stuff. We can bullshit about the equipment failure. Uh, pretty much anything is kind of uh, on the table. We have some fun. Uh, and uh, and then we'll release that uh, on the on the Patreon as well. It's kind of like yep. audio. Yep, yep, yep. We'll say, pre- you know, we're press and play here. So that way, if you, if you can't do it live with us, you can always listen to it. Watch the movie separate. And you'll have that kind of commentary, commentary um, going along with you. Oh, Jesus Christ. We're going to have to fix that. What the fuck? How's that? Yeah, it's gonna make me step here. It's just good. It's just don't posture. fuck with it anymore. No, I'm, don't, I'm, I, I don't fuck with it. I try. I usually don't. I don't touch we'll it. We'll see what happens. If I'm get, I might have to get my wrench set out to to fucking make this work. This is a quantum this week is disaster. Jesus this is a disaster. Quantum week. 
Uh, I even rolled over the ad reads for me. All right. Uh, so <laughs> whatever. Come, come to the goddamn thing Movie tonight. Rewatch, and then, but okay, eight so, o'clock tonight. I surprised this uh, with Matt uh, on the show, um, so it's going to have a little less luster here, which I promise we won't be saying that throughout the entire show. Uh, but uh, next week is a monster week for us. It is. Uh, we are going to be going to 2002 in December. The movies uh, are Gangs of New York is the free show. Yep. And then the Pat- Patreon show is going to be Cash Me If You Can. Yeah. So two Leos. Two Leos. Right in a row. And then our next show, if you are a patron, is going to be uh, People vs. Larry Flint. Right. So Which I actually watched last night in preparation for today. Right. <laughs> so listen to this. Uh, like You have Cameron Crowe, Milos Foreman, uh, Martin Scorsese, and Steven Spielberg. A murderous row yeah, you of, do. Yep. Um, of filmmakers uh, that were in the middle of this kind of great run. Hopefully, if the equipment can last, we'll get through all of these we'll shows. We'll do something. It's going to be wild. Maybe maybe we'll be the first podcast to use a handheld recorder to do our uh, podcast. First podcast ever recorded right. in a car, maybe, yep. or a phone. Could we do that? Yes. Yep. Uh, tomato cans and a string. Something's going to happen. We will, we will somehow get, we'll get it recorded. out to you. Yeah. Uh, yes, but so uh, we are in the middle of a legendary, I think our best, the best, filmmakers ever run for us Pro, yes. four movie stretch and who knows maybe the next you know it can get better and exciting for me is i get to talk about uh soul coughing and super bonbon on the next episode oh, next which one. is a nice one yeah, yes it's like the only time they'll ever chart so it was a good good opportunity for me to do that so uh perfect so want to get into jerry Maguire? <sighs> yep uh this movie isn't trash but it's really shitty and um i i think this is one of the most frustrating episodes uh that we've had to talk about because i've got to do this one twice <laughs> because well i mean <laughs> you're gonna keep you warned me before the I show did. let's not keep referencing that <laughs> i did I, I i can do it in a funny in a funny way i just don't want to do it uh you don't want in me a to conversation yeah exactly that's okay. <laughs> 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 about right uh <laughs> whatever um uh, yeah i i mean both the song and the movie super frustrating i'm having a real hard time with um with tom cruise yeah so you you don't like jerry Maguire. i don't like jerry the character i don't like and and i'm liking i don't like the character i i wish that he weren't in the um the movie that much i would have rather seen a bunch of the other characters <laughs> it's called jerry Maguire. i know and i fucking hated him i hated him and the more that we see Cruz, uh you know the more i question whether you know whether he's a real human being whether i like him on screen because he's making me real cr- he's making me cringy yeah it's, it's cringy to, so to, to i like him. i like this movie uh quite a bit more than you i'm gonna give it a b plus um, I do like this movie maybe more than I should. This movie is a movie that's inhabited by incredibly selfish characters yep. uh, doing incredibly selfish things. Even like, uh, you know, even Renee Zellweger's uh, character, uh, Dorothy Boyd, a single mom, but she even admits a number of times, oh, I'm kind of going after this guy when he's at his weakest. Right. Uh, I'm doing this for me. Uh, even like Bonnie Hunt's character is uh, she doesn't want Dorothy to date Tom Cruise or to be with Tom Cruise, mainly because she wants someone to be as she miserable as her. Commiserate with, right. with someone else. It yeah. has nothing to do with her looking out for her sister. No, it's no. all self, it's self. And like Rod Tidwell, obviously he's the epitome of and that's who that character is supposed to be. Yeah. In fact, the only character that's not incredibly selfish is Regina King's. That's it. Because she actually looks out for her husband and actually genuinely cares for him. Well, she's a mom. She has a family, yes. too. So, yeah, big big family uh, thing. And, and she was my... She was the person that I was least annoyed with in this fucking movie. Like, yeah, well, yeah, and she's the least selfish. Yeah, you I know, think that's probably why. I think why. that's, that's yeah. pretty, pretty fair. I mean, and even, she's a good actor. Even and, the nanny yeah. uh, character. What is his uh, name? Start Chad. Chad, Todd Luizzo. Yeah. Uh, he uh, is... He kind of forces this music, the jazz, that, that jazz music on Tom Cruise. And 
he's not doing it so they have a better sexual experience. He's doing it so he has some sort of value or merit. Yep, yep. yep. Uh, and so they can appreciate, so when they're listening to it, like, they'll think of him or it'll be, you know, his, his music that made it better. It wasn't so much that they had a better evening, what period. You, and what do you think he wanted? Like, Tom Cruise, or Jerry Maguire to come back later on and say, hey, you know that jazz you gave me? Fucking I think made her come eight times. I think that's what exactly what he wanted. That's what he fucking wants? Yes. I think, he, I think he wanted, um, yeah, he wanted to be appreciated for his knowledge. I, I'm guessing this is a, someone that maybe doesn't feel, uh, doesn't have great self-confidence, great self-esteem. Seem that and way. he wants to be valued. So yes, I think that's probably what he wanted. Like, thanks, man. It really saved the night. Was, this, this, made, this made an epic night or something. Yes. I liked Regina King. I liked Cuba Gooding Jr. I liked Kelly Preston. I even liked Bonnie Hunt more than I liked Tom Cruise in this movie. I fucking hated him. Yeah, so let's get into that. Uh, so Tom Cruise, um, we just last week we just covered Risky Business. So right. my quick uh, aside here, I have a theory that uh, Tom, Jerry Maguire is Joel Goodson from Risky Business growing up. Yes. It's not completely improbable because he goes to Princeton he law does. school. And yeah. they mention uh, Jerry Maguire did go to law school. It's a quick aside. This movie, I guess so. Yeah, it, it, it obviously it probably isn't true, but it is a kind of a fun and you know, germ, uh, risky business. Joel Goodson kind of learned how to be kind of shrewd and and kind of uh, some of the ins and outs of, of making of doing business, right? And he maybe used those skills, Jerry McGuire. Maybe he did. Well, well I liked probably. him more as a kid than I liked him as a fucking grown up. Yeah, that's the thing with Tom Cruise. So let's we can talk a little about Tom Cruise's career here. Uh, so you know, Tom Cruise when we we just saw risky business, he really had only done dramas. You know, yeah. outsiders, taps, you know, you get you do this run. And we talked about the risky business. You know, we we both kind of agree that it was risky business wasn't really what made him a superstar. It made him a leading man. Yeah. Because, you know, he followed that up with all the right moves and then legend. These movies aren't big hits. No, but then he hits Top Gun. And, and then it goes. And right. There we and go. then Top Gun's really his first. I, I wouldn't call legend an action movie. Would you? Like an action movie? Legend is not an like action movie. Like a fantasy, movie. right? Yeah, it's a, it's a fantasy drama. I mean, there's some action, but it's yeah. mostly, it's not mostly that. I would call Top Gun Tom, Tom Cruise's first action movie. I think so. Would and most of the action is not him. It's the planes, right? No, but yeah, but it's, but it's, it's that, an action it's movie. It's that tone. It's that... That's certainly the best part of, of, of that movie of is course, dogfighting. Yeah. But there isn't a lot of acting involved. No, point. there isn't. And even then, he was so creepy whenever you did see him on screen. The, the real like, like, chemistry with him and Kelly McGillis. Him and Kelly McGillis, he's in the, he's in the, in the, in the bathroom yeah. hitting on her, like Very really strange. up in her face. It's so disgusting. So, you know, in the, in the early 90s, Cruz is, a, in my opinion, one of the five or ten best dramatic actors working in the business. You have, right. think about what he's done. Born on the Fourth of July. On Rain uh, Man. Rain Man. Yeah. Uh, um, color money yeah i mean you go through this this list of movies and it's you know it's it's really 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 good drama after really good drama and he's really good born the fourth jolly ray man he's exceptional he's, he's so yeah, good in those movies uh and then you know the late 90s you have him do things like jerry Maguire, uh magnolia uh but they're weird characters that have a hard time like kind of connecting to people around them and that magnolia character really works because it is a very selfish it's a very selfish character uh but he does have like sort of a come to jesus moment like it's he's sort of he, he gets vulnerable and it makes sense it's different than this jerry jerry Maguire character like he's i don't i never believe the sensitive parts of this movie like i never believe it when you know um <laughs> When you get to the you complete me fucking phrase at the end of the movie, you don't believe that he's actually in love with his wife. Like, I never see that there's any connection between him and Renee Zellweger. And Renee Zellweger is a very warm person and a very warm character. So it doesn't, it, it just makes no sense to me. The whole scene's very strange. I know it's iconic, but it's a really odd scene. Because, you know, figure A, Tom Cruise is lifting this sentiment from a, from a deaf guy. 
is. That he sees in the elevator. That's so right. it's not even his. It's he's not. Con- like, it's, it's weird writing it's a by weird, Crow. Why, why would you do that? I would And do. then you have all of, like that whole support group for the divorce. Women are there watching this. Yes. It's very strange. And of course, you know, you have You Complete Me and then you had me at Hello, um, which is one of the most famous scenes in the late 90s in film. Yeah, it is. Um, and certainly this movie is one of the most quotable ones movies ever. Uh, but Cruz is so strange in this role. Not only that scene, but like, uh, you know, when he's pretending to be kind of crazy, you know, he has his, like these oh, freak outs. Twice. They do it twice. And like Tom Cruise can't even pretend to be crazy normally. No, like, no. He's a strange, crazy guy. He's a very, str- it's, he's very strange. That And that was the thing. So I don't mind the uncomfortable part. I don't, if it were strictly... Um, a movie about him as a as a strange like you know that you uh, the scene where he's walking um, Cuba Gooding Jr. through the hotel and like showing him off and he's the sales Great guy scene. That, showing all scene, that yes. like I be- I buy that with Tom yeah. Cruise but I did not buy any of the sensitive emotional stuff so that was my problem with the movie it's like choose you can't it's not working both like do one or the other this is a movie that is probably over, you know, it's not probably, it's a movie that is overstuffed with too many things. So you have, to, you know, if you want to have a drama where you have a successful sports agent date a single mom, that's a movie. That's, that's a enough. Movie. That's it. Now, why do you have to have him not only break up with someone on screen, lose his entire business, and then date this woman that he doesn't really have a real connection with? It's a lot to ask of a movie. It's a lot to ask of your lead actor. Yeah. You know, Cruz is a lot of have. Has to do a lot of heavy lifting here. I know, he in, does. Your, in your opinion, he doesn't really pull it off, which I, I think, think so. he does with the sports agents. I think that is, I've met sports agents. I'm I've, fine with that part. Like, this is who these executive guys are. As soon as he gets sensitive and introspective, it, I, I don't buy it. That's the, pro, that's, that's, the, that's the break point for me. I just don't buy it with him. Well, I, Cuba Gooding Jr., you know, when he's Rod Tidwell, he has the same feeling because you remember that scene when he's uh, kind of, he's telling Tom Cruise is like, how's your marriage going? Like yeah. things don't look like, or even right after they get married, they're in the living room together. And, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Looks over at Tom Cruise and, and Renee, Renee Zellweger and they're in uh, separate sides of the room. They just got married. And only that is watching the film of their marriage. And he sees the expression on Tom this Cruise's red on, on and like, face. Yeah. Like what have I done? Yes. Yeah. And, and he, uh, he knows th- those to me rang a lot more honest you're right than like that last scene um so so i'm even fine with them showing the relationship and the weirdness of that relationship you just can't get to a point you can't get to a climax in the film where they love each other it doesn't it just i didn't get in buy it and it, it frustrated me okay so let's ask uh, this let's say the movie doesn't end with them getting together let's say the movie just kind of ends up with them shaking hands and me and friends much better movie so just that so then i don't know if i dog a whole movie just for like the how the third end caps you know what I mean? Like, is yeah. that because I I like this movie a lot more than you? Uh, what, you're gonna give it what? Would Would you say like a D plus, maybe D plus, C minus? Okay. Yeah, I think this is a real shit movie. Um, I think I like this movie a lot more because of the sports agent stuff. Like the the scenes up top with him and Bob Serger yeah. played by Jay Moore. Jay Moore yeah. is fantastic. In he this. is good. Never better. And uh, you know they're fighting for clients. I love this stuff with Cushman. Yeah. Uh, the quarterback played by Jerry O'Connell and his dad Bo Bridges. Yeah. Like that stuff. I could. Uh, you can inject all that stuff right into my veins. I, I really enjoy those scenes, the sports agent stuff. I like the stuff with him and Jonathan Lipnicki, like the human head weighs eight pounds. Like yeah. he's probably too cute by a mile, but it works for me. I, he's funny. I enjoy it. I think he's good. Um, you're right. The stuff with the like divorce women support group and a lot of the Renee Zellweger stuff is the weakest part of this film. It's super and weak. You're probably, and you're probably right. Why? Because it isn't, you don't buy it. Yeah, and I think you know you could have cut up a you could have cut out a lot of the courtship too because it didn't 
it didn't it didn't matter it didn't lead to anything it didn't lead to any connection that doesn't even need to be there you, you know you could save us a half an hour of the fucking movie by by removing a lot of that stuff i wouldn't mind just seeing um i wouldn't mind seeing the character just having a tough broken home life like where he has difficult relationships with his kids and has a difficult marriage or whatever and even if he's trying i even buy he's trying to be a nice guy and do the right thing i even buy that I just don't buy that he's ever making the connection. Like, that's okay, too. We could see him being the nice guy and trying to do the right thing, but just not having any human connection because he's a fucking alien. So I'm this, fine with that. This is based on the uh, agent Lee Steinberg. Uh, uh, How would Lee think of this when he, like, that's me? Jesus Christ. I think he liked it. Uh, he's in it. Uh, he, has a small, he has a very small part in it. Uh-huh. Uh, he, uh, so Steinberg uh, was, is, is a very famous agent. He had more number one draft picks in the NFL eight than any Asian ever. Um, he, uh, he later would, uh, lose everything. Uh, he had a huge alcohol problem. Yeah. He really, pleaded, he went bankrupt by 2004. So it wasn't long after this movie came out. He lost everything. Uh, he is, uh, I guess he's been sober for 10 years. I think he has kind of rebuilt his life again, but, uh, it just goes to show that like this version of Lee Steinberger or whatever, or Jerry Maguire element of this, this is still kind of a broken guy. Yeah. And maybe that's why it doesn't quite line up for you. Now, the other issue with this move, or the other, I don't know if this is a Tom Cruise issue or Cameron Crowe, is I guess, like, how do you feel about Cameron Crowe? Because he follows this up with Almost Famous. I think that's his only good movie, honestly. I like Vanilla Sky a lot. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah. Yes. I forgot about Vanilla Sky. Vanilla Sky, that's his best one. Um, I agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I think Almost Famous is better. Than, right. I agree. Almost I, Famous is definitely better than this. I'd say a little bit better. Um, but so. Mm. A lot of my Jerry, I used to like Jerry Maguire even more than I like it now. And, I did too. And a little, I got, I saw kind of behind the curtain. I saw like the great Oz, if you will, when I saw the movie Elizabeth Town. Uh, that's the movie with Orlando Bloom and Kirsten Dunst. Mm, yeah. Orlando Bloom is a Nike yep, yep. executive. He loses like a billion dollar deal. It's something ridiculous. And then he's like, just like Jerry Maguire, loses everything, has to go. And he ends up going home and meets a girl. And it's, it's very much like, you know, double A version of Jerry Maguire. And sure. it doesn't, it doesn't. As much as I know you don't like Tom Cruise in this, Tom Cruise is so weird. He still entertains me. And Orona Boom is just like watching paint dry. He's so boring. Yeah. And uh, that movie does not work for me uh, at all. And because of that movie, I kind of like Jerry Maguire a little bit less, oddly. Yeah. Um, yeah, because now you know the style. You, you can see. Yeah. yeah you can, see the, you can see the writing sort of bare. You know, yeah. with, with no one, like, ramping it up a little bit. Right. No one skilled enough to, to make it better. Yeah. Uh, I think Cameron Crowe, I, I, I think his time is probably passed i mean he did that uh, weird hawaiian movie where he had emma stone play a hawaiian uh woman which is strange i don't think i've seen um that. not many people did and it was, was it was called aloha is that what it was called uh, i don't know um and um and he it, 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 watching this it did not this felt very late 90s obviously you have all the athletes drew blood so and everybody else I right that but this did not i don't think his movies age particularly well a because they use music a lot uh and he yeah. you know his at this point he was married to nancy wilson from heart when this was Right, they made this. She was actually the music supervisor for this movie, and um, she is for Vanilla Sky as well. Uh, and but they they've since divorced since two thousand four. But like, so they use he uses music a lot. He's a big music fan, and his movies just are of the time. Like even like say anything is like of the time. Yeah, it is. Was that that's a Cameron Crow? Yeah, I probably direct, like say anything better than this one. Directed that. You remember he of course wrote one of your favorite movies, Fast Times Richmond High. Oh yeah, um, I remember that. Of course, that uh, was yeah, that was really early on when he was in his early twenties. Was the first movie he wrote? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean. I don't know. We were. T- I know we talked about this before, but I, you know, uh, you mentioned on the last podcast that uh, you thought that you'd have a better appreciation for music, you know, after doing our show. But it's actually turned out the opposite. You're listening back to stuff. Right. And you're like, I like. I like. Yes. I, I feel the same way about Tom Cruise. Like, I, I can't. I, I. 
I, I, part of it, I think, is I'm just having a problem with him after some of the movies that we've seen him in. So we've seen him in, what, Rain Man, which, which is very good. Rain Man's good. We did a Mission Impossible, like, three. We didn't see that. We did, did we? Yeah, one of the Mission Impossible ones. Maybe not really? three. No, we saw the first one, didn't we? No, no, no. No, it was, it was one of the ones in the middle. It was, uh, I think it was three. How's that even possible? Was, we wouldn't have seen, unless we did it for like a Because it was very early on. We hadn't had our sequel watch yet. Really? Yep. I don't remember. Um, I know the second one that Wu directed. It was the one with Phil Sumer Hoffman. That's the third one. Yeah. yeah Maybe one, we did this it for one the video? The I don't know. My, but, uh, but yeah. Um, I guess I don't count that. The Mission Impossible ones I don't really count. But but the, yeah. So Interview with the Vampire. Yeah, uh, not as This best. one, Top Gun. Top Gun. He's the and same risky guy. Business. And Risky Risky business is different. Um, it is. He and that's what's so frustrating. Better. And that's what's so frustrating. Yeah. Tom Cruise. He's, uh, he's younger and he's a lot better. I think, uh, yeah, Top Gun and this. I, I, I see the same guy in Top Gun as I see here. Like, I, I just don't, I, the guy who's super uncomfortable, kind of looks like a predator. I, I can't, I just can't do it. I have some issues with Cruise in his career. Uh, I'm very frustrated, you know. Um, so I like, like, look at like someone like Paul Newman, right? Like Paul Newman, both in Color Money. Yeah. Uh, uh, Paul Newman was a great dramatic actor right until the end. His very last movie was uh, Road to Perdition, and he's in like fucking four scenes. He's fucking awesome in all of them. Like, right. His last scene, he fucking makes you cry. Even he's, he's great. Like, he's an evil person getting, I don't want to give it any away, but like, he's always great. He's, he's great. Always great. Yeah. Uh, with Tom Cruise, this is a guy that never did sequels, and you know, all he does now were like these Jack Reacher movies. He's done like, what, seven Mission Impossibles, and he's doing a second Top Gun. Oh, he hasn't made a dramatic movie. I don't think he can do it. I just don't think he's got the range anymore. I don't think How he's do a human anymore. That, I don't though. think you're a human anymore. I, you know, we talk about fame a lot, and it could be that he's in his own little bubble, so he doesn't have real relationships anymore. I mean, think about every relationship you have. If you're uh, particularly, if it's you know, the women he's dated at least have had like a lot of celebrities, so they kind of get it. So you have Mimi probably, Rogers, Nicole Kidman, uh, Katie Mimi Holmes. Rogers. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah Mimi. Right, exactly. Katie Holmes, uh, oh, uh, even uh, Penelope uh, Cruz. Penelope Cruz, exactly. I mean, not to his co- never what, as to, famous as him. That's hard to do. That's though. hard to do. But still, they travel in the same circ- uh the same circles, and they probably have a lot in common. Think of how he would relate to anybody else in his life. You can't have a buddy from down the street. They just don't have the same life as you, unless it's a, a like a famous person. But I guess on the flip side, that Paul Newman married to an actress as well. Why was he able to... Some people are human. Like, I just think he... Tom had, Hanks, like, he can yeah, still yeah, act. Yeah, I think some... Yeah, I, I, I really think Tom, uh, Tom Cruise has got an issue, you know, I, I don't know that he's got introspection. I think he's pr- he probably got some sociopath in him or something, because he just, he doesn't... I don't know that he can actually have empathy. Uh, empathy. I think he acted... I think he was, he, you know, when he was young, he was just like when you're a musician, you start playing and you're emulating the people that you like. I wonder if that, if he was a good emulator of people that he liked, he saw people on screen. Oh, I like that. That's what an emotion looks like. And then he could, he could replicate that really well. I think you have to have empathy to play a part like Ron Kovic's in Born the Fourth of July. Uh, um, I mean, he, he has no idea what it's I don't like know, there are people be. who can fake it pretty well. I think, well, you're I think exactly. they're all faking it. I know, but no, I think when you, well, I don't know. I mean, you, you know this stuff more than me, but I would think, you know, I to really he, identify I, with a character, you're actually feeling it. I think he lost something. And maybe I, maybe he did. I, I, you know, you look at his movies, you know, even in the last decade, you know, Edge of Tomorrow, which is a very good movie. It's an action. There's not a lot of acting involved. He's a meathead. It doesn't have to be. Right. But, yeah. Um, but, you know, Valkyrie is probably the last, I haven't seen it. You have. Um, yeah, it's, would you call that a dramatic role? Not really. It's more intense than that. I mean, it's not an action film either, but it's not like he has to. And he did Alliance for Lambs, which is the Robert Redford movie with, with uh, Mel Streep. He had a smaller role in that, and, right? And he's a bad dude, so that works. 
Yeah. It works. Like, when's the last time, like, Tom Cruise really acted? You know, you have eyes wide shut. That's a very good performance, but that's also someone who is going through a crisis, is having a hard time connecting to his wife, and the whole movie kind of pivots on that. Yep. Um, you know, you look at his movies, and he hasn't really acted. No, like, truly, like, acted. Like, you see, like, you know, Newman or uh, a Riff or even Hanks now. Because eventually, these older guys, he's gone the opposite way. Usually these guys start off doing action movies. Yes. Then they have to transition to acting because they're getting older. They're older. Yeah, they don't don't look as good. Right. That's all physical stunts and everything else. You become more of an actor. Right. Um, Where he's gone the other way. He started off as an actor and now he's going into more of these crazy stunts. And think about like what it would take to do. He, he he lives for that. He wants to do the, you know, the, the climbs out the window on the 64th floor. He wants to do that. He's, I, I think he's trying to feel something. I think he's like, you know, Give me, make me feel something. Make me, you know, give me some exhilaration, some fear, something. I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he, I don't think he has a lot of empathy. I don't think he feels stuff. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I'd go that. I don't, I mean, I don't know. With him, it has become about these stunts and about these kind of like crazy physical. What else? How far can I push myself? As opposed to how far can I push myself in a dramatic scene? So maybe, maybe there is something there. Maybe there is some sort of like. This guy has had everything he's ever wanted since he was in his early 20s or mid-20s. Uh, he's got more money than he'll ever spend. Yep. Uh, he really, you know, for the last 30 years, he's probably wanted for nothing. And, you know, you think about how that lives. You know, Matt kind of talked about, like, you know, he's only dating kind of actresses, and you do kind of live in this weird kind of bubble. I mean, how yeah. could you not? Uh, because you're, you know, you're isolating yourself just by having so many riches and, and, and being so famous you can't go anywhere he goes. He's the most, he's the most famous person probably still maybe in the, like the world. He's got to be. be up there. He's in the top five. Yeah. He's got to be any country he goes to. They're going to be right. You know, they're going to be know. mobbed. Yeah. He can never just go down to the supermarket and buy a gallon of milk like never. that. He hasn't been able to do that in 30 years. No. 35 years since Top Gun. Right. So that's so isolated. Does that make you really, but like I said, then you have guys like Hanks or some guys who, who seem to be able to, to be able to, to do still be able to be humans. Think, yeah, because I yes, I think they've got something in them that's more normal. I, I just think he is on the other side of that. He, he doesn't have that that normality. Think about all of his connections. Like if he's in such a bubble, whenever he does have human connection, it is that of a fan. It's not it's not someone who wants to see him as him. They want to see him or who, as, how he truly is. They want to see him as the movie star as the movie star. Yeah. And like, that's how everybody sees you now. Every, every single one of your connections. Like, I mean, especially as you get older and maybe family members who are like your, maybe your parents or whatever, they start to die or whatever. You don't have, you don't have people who knew you before that shit. I don't know if he's got siblings or something, but maybe he does. He has siblings. He's a half brother that acts. He's in lost and everything. Oh, uh, William Mapather, I think was his name. I wonder what uh, their relationship's like. I mean, it, it would be tough if you don't have people that knew you before the fame and he's been famous for so long. You know, how do you, how do you get that? Establish that relationship. I mean, you try to do it with your partner, uh, but he's been through, you know, been three through, wives yeah. and fucking, yeah. you know, yeah. some high profile relationships and that's it. I find myself really frustrated because I really think that Tom Cruise, like I said, in the early 90s, late 80s, you know, for a few, for a, a few good men, another, yeah. another example. Oh, th- yes, I know. Or, you know, I, I, I don't know. Th- I'm going to have trouble. I'm going to have trouble going back to these now. I don't know. We just did frisky business. You like that? I did. I don't know how much trouble you're gonna have. I guess but this is just the second one where he was really weird. It's just frustrating that oh, interview vampire is pretty weird. Third That's one. That's their one. Jesus, yeah. that, was, yeah. that was a strange one. Uh, but that that was just miscasting. Yeah. Um. The I find myself so, so frustrated because this is a guy that I would have 
expected like, oh, this guy's going to win. This guy could win multiple Oscars. Yeah. Like, if you told me the person in this movie is going to win multiple Oscars was Renee Zellweger. You would be like, no. What the fuck are you talking about? You might um, even pick Cuba over fucking Renee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Probably not. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would have I would have been shocked by that. Um, I, I, I would have really expected Cruz to have more of a dramatic career. And I feel like we've been kind of cheated um, because he's a, an odd guy and B just, you know, obviously, I mean, but who are we to say he shouldn't do, if he enjoys making these Mission Impossible movies, then I guess, you know. He should do it. Can go do it. But it's, it's, as a movie, And they're entertaining. As an audience, as a movie fan, it's kind of frustrating. I feel like this is a guy that's kind of wasted his gift a little bit. I think so. And I'm not saying those are bad movies because they are entertaining as, they're, they're entertaining as fuck, but, but I, I would have liked to have seen him maybe do those movies, sure, but also be able to also do some really good dramatic stuff. I mean, he's getting to that age. I mean, another, you know. There's only he's in his I think mid fifties at this point. He's gonna, we, we probably would have said that about him ten years ago too, though. No, I know, but like, and he's in great shape. Like yeah. he, de- you know that. Like I think he's he's super afraid of getting old because I think oh you know, I imagine he's not going to get any of that exhilaration anymore. But that's the thing; it's he's going to have to he's going to have to make a choice. Ten years from now, he's not he's not doing these stunts anymore. So he's going to have to make a choice and decide whether he wants to be a dramatic actor or not, or he's going to have to or he's gone. Now he was nominated for best actor, so he was he's been nominated for three Academy Awards. Uh, yeah, and he got yes. nominated in 92 for a few good men. Right. And then, uh, for this, uh, in 98 or I'm sorry, 97, 97. And then, um, and then was it the 4th of July. No, no, no. It was a Magnolia. Uh, a couple years Magnolia. later. I always forget. Uh, should have been nominated for 4th of July and rain man. He should be nominated for that. And for, well. yes, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, never won. Never won. So this movie was nominated for best picture. So here's what it was up against. Uh, English patient, which I haven't seen in forever. Uh, Fargo, which is a better movie. Way better. Uh, secrets and lies and then shine. Um, don't know secrets and lies. We, we, we must've talked about it, but now it's uh, that name escaped me too. I don't know it. Um, and then it did not get a nomination for best director, which is usually kind of a tell. I mean, obviously you have Argo, but, uh, it's a tell that usually it doesn't have a chance for best picture. Right. So, um, I don't think, I mean, I remember watching the Oscars. I don't remember really thinking it had a shot. I remember thinking it was like English patient versus Fargo. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I remember thinking that at the time, uh, for best actor, you know, he's up against, uh, Jeffrey Rush for shine. Uh, Ray Fiennes for English Patient. Uh, we'll talk about it uh, on the Patreon show, but Woody Harrelson, People vs. Sci-Fi, and then Billy Bob Thornton for Sling Blade. Sling Blade is a really good movie, a movie we're not going to be able to talk about on the show because it didn't do anything for box it's office. too bad. But uh, it's a very good movie. I definitely recommend checking out if you haven't seen it. Right. Uh, that's a really good one. Maybe we could do a special episode with that sometime too. I'd love to talk about that one. But he is the worst. His performance is the worst out of all of those. Uh, supporting actor, uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. wins. And... I think he's I think he's actually very good here. He's good. He did not deserve to win. So here's what was he up against. Yeah. James Woods for Ghost of Mississippi. Uh Armin Mueller Stahl for Shine. But here are the two that are really just like, are, yeah, are you yeah. fucking kidding me? Uh Edward Norton for Primal Fear. Yeah. And then William H. Macy for Fargo. And I also think Edward Norton could have been nominated a second time for people with Riley Flint uh, as well. Yeah. Uh because I'm not saying Cuba Gooding Jr. shouldn't have been nominated, maybe. Although, I mean, it's kind of a there are a couple of scenes where it's like, all right, he's beyond that one note. Like, I really like that scene in the living room where he kind of glances over and you see in his eyes that he knows that things are really fucked up between Renee Zellweger and Tom Cruise. Yep. I like that scene a lot. But I can only, only so much of like Cuba Gooding Jr. shouting about money. But he also has a lot of tender, tender moments with his wife, too, which is nice. They feel a little forced to me. I don't like, Do you I don't, think so? I, I don't blame the actors. I blame how it's written. Mm. I feel like uh, Cameron Crowe is really trying to force us to be like, see, these people have it right. Yeah. And these people have it wrong. Like, yeah. Tom Cruise and Renee Zellweger have it wrong. Um, it was believable to me, but that's fine. Uh, and then it was nominated for a uh, screenplay uh, against uh, for uh, original screenplay against Fargo, Lone Star, Secrets and Lies, and Shine. I believe Crow did end up winning uh, with Almost Famous, Ooh. if I remember correctly. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, I think you're right. 
yeah, so I did also want to talk about um, Renee Zellweger uh, for a second. Can we call her uh, Zellweger? You can call whatever you want. Um, so <laughs> That's her name. All right. Same thing with Cuba. I don't think it's Cuba. I think it's Cuba. I think it's Cuba. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, if he was here, I would say, um, what is your name? But I, I, hearing it from you, I, I don't care. Uh, here. So Renee Zell, Zellweger, Zellweger, however you want to pronounce it, uh, has, uh, she's won two Oscars. She's been nominated four times. Um, she's had an amazing career. And yeah. In fact, she was nominated, uh, wasn't nominated for, um, wasn't nominated for this, was she? No. She? Wait. No, I don't remember. I don't believe so. I don't remember. I know she was, she was nominated for Chicago. She was nominated for, was it Cold Mountain? She won for Cold Mountain. She won for Cold Mountain. She should have. That's a, I know you haven't seen that. That's a, that's a real good one. And um, what was the third? Chicago? And what was the third one? Oh, uh, something recent. Um, Judy? Ju- she won for Judy. She won for Judy. Right. She won the, okay, those are the two. And right. how many times was she nominated? Four. I forget if she got so one for maybe Bridget she Jones was or nominated not. But she's been, you know, think about it. She's been Bridget Jones. Yeah. She's been in, uh, she's in this movie. I've never seen the Bridget Jones. And then Jones. she's, you know, in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, you know, she wins for Judy. She wins for Cole Mountain. That's a hell of a career. It is a good career. Um, she's one of 11 actresses that are still alive that have won multiple Oscars for acting. Only that, 11. There's only nuts. 11 of them. Yeah, she's one of them. That's nuts. And if she, let's say she does win a third, which is a, it's a big push, right? but she's still relatively she could, young. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's like early fifties, maybe like 51 or something. Yeah. She could. Yeah. Let me read you this list of who she, who she would be uh, with the company. Yeah. So Catherine Hepburn's won four. No one else has won four. She, no sta- she stands alone. Four? No one's won four for acting. Oh, she wow. stands alone. Okay. So then you have uh, with three, it's a very small group. Meryl Streep. Yeah. Jack Nicholson. Ingrid Bergman, Daniel Day-Lewis, Walter Brennan. That's it. She would be in that company if she wins another one. That's now, crazy. Uh, another person to keep in mind that also Hillary Swank, same thing. She has two. If she, and she's she young. Get a third. If she wins the third, yeah. they're in that group. That's with crazy. Those names. Hillary, Hillary, better act, uh, better actress. Much better actress. Yeah. I say significantly better. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy though. Isn't that wild? Yeah. Cause so, and Brennan, by the way, he only won for supporting. He never won a lead. So if you only, if for like, what? Do you know? Yeah. Uh, come and get it. Kentucky and the Westerner. Yeah. Um, so, uh, he's, only, you know, he, he, the other ones had one, a mix between supporting. Oh, I shouldn't say it. Dylan Lewis actually won all of his for a lead. Yeah. So did Catherine Hepburn. All four were for a lead. So does that mean she's got two? Does that mean you have to put her in the hall of fame? I would put her in the hall of fame. Like your practices. Gonna, yeah. Right. You have to. She's not only has she won two, but she's in Jerry Maguire. She's in Chicago. She's yeah. in Bri- does Bridget Jones. Those movies aren't, um, my company. I've only seen like uh, half the, the first one i didn't love it but they're all made a shitload of money yeah they, they were a true fr- you don't usually see women-led franchises she was absolutely in one um she's had a huge career and you know she's only in she's still relatively young she's only in her early 50s like yeah in theory she still she could, could she still could act for the 15 20 years it wouldn't be that crazy no it wouldn't um it's a while you know you don't think of her in that at least i don't think of her in that echelon that upper 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 echelon but no she, way. she's there i i think i would I, w- I think I'd put probably fifteen to twenty actors or actresses before her. Like I, w- she would, she would be like that low on my list of if, if I were, if I were guessing, yeah. Who now had two or who something? Who has two? Right. I, I would never guess her. You would never. Right. Yeah. Right. I know she. She would be the first one. That, like Hillary Swank. You. Oh, of course. She's a, yeah. Uh, no, I've never. That's the thing. It's the only thing with her is I've never really been blown away by uh, Renee Zellweger's performance. Uh, like even in Chicago, which is okay. I haven't seen it. Um. You know, Catherine Zeta-Jones kind of blows you off the screen more than oh, right, than right uh, than she does. 
Uh, even like John C. Riley, I think, is like better in that movie than she is. So it's just like, oh, she. Even in this movie, like I think she does. A, I think she does a nice job in this movie. I don't think her character is very well written, but nah. I think she does a nice job with it. But even so, like the first thing people think about immediately is, is Cuba Gooding Jr. Right. I'm surprised you grade this as a B plus. I'm surprised you go that high when we're when you're critical of the of the uh, writing. Um, you don't think that anybody blows you away acting wise. Um. And this, yeah. I mean, so what, like, what it's, about this is I getting you to be plus? I think, I think it's a very entertaining movie. It's very well edited. Uh, I don't think the screenplay is particularly wonderful. No. Uh, it's very well edited. It's very, it's, it's a fun, I enjoy, like, kind of the ride the movie kind of takes you on. I really like the sports agent stuff. That's a world we don't see a ton of. Uh, like, the scenes when he's, like, losing all of his clients, but he's, like, try, desperately trying to save them is, is, an, is an A plus scene for me. That, that whole thing is great. The second Bob Sugar fires when in a crowded restaurant to go yeah, back to the one. office. Like all yeah. that stuff is just fantastic. But that's like 10 minutes of the movie. It's, it's pretty much the whole first act. I mean, you know, that whole kind of fall. Sure. Uh, I think Kelly Preston's really fun. This movie It's her she's best performance. Good. We saw her in twins. Yes. Terrible. Acting terrible. Job there. Terrible. I mean, no, she's very good here. This is probably the best. She, and we also saw her, of course, in uh, the, the terrible movie we do with Travolta. Oh, um, face off. No, 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 no. no, no. Oh, uh, battleship Earth. Battleship Earth. Oh yeah. She, she had the long tongue or, tongue or something. Oh, battlefield earth. I would say ship. Um, so bad, but uh, but she she this is probably the best she you know her best performance. I've in never seen. I don't know of another movie she's better in. Right, I can't think of one either. Yeah. So she she's, she's very really good. Um, just kind of plays this, like villainous bad guy and uh, super confident. Yeah, yeah, and and just just kind of some really really embraces this role to kind of root against. Uh, so she she does a, a really nice job. I I enjoy. I really kind of it's an unusual movie. It has a lot of unusual beats. You kind of know, you obviously, you kind of, you know, Cruz and Zellweger are going to get together. Yeah. But other than that, you don't 100%. I mean, yes, you also know Rod Tidwell is going to get paid. You have to assume that. Or that or he's going to die, one of the two. Um, but the, other than that, this movie takes a, a few odd left turns because it is such a cluttered movie. It's, that it, it, it does take a couple odd moves that I, I kind of appreciate. Um, the old guy, uh, the mentor, I, I love that. Yeah. So, so see Billy Wilder. Yep. Um, right. Billy Wilder turned it down. Billy Wilder, would been, that would have been fantastic. Um, uh, but I like, I, I enjoy, I do enjoy this movie maybe more than I should have. I saw this movie, uh, you know, when it came out, I was 17. I wanted to work in sports. I had the VHS. I watched a ton. Um, so I probably yeah. have a bit of nostalgia glow to it. If I, you know, this movie comes out now, I see it the first time it's probably more on the B, B minus scale, but I'm going to give it a B plus. I do. I do enjoy it. I expected every time I watch it now, the last like 15 years, I may have watched it two or three times. I always expect to like it less than I do. And I'm like, you know, I always be pretty entertained by that. Yeah, but you're giving No Country for Old Men an A minus, and you're giving this a B plus. I yeah, think that's this that's too much for this, dude. That is too much. I, I mean, it's, 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 every grade is a scale. Uh, no Country for Old Men <laughs> is better than this movie. I, I, I'm having this ranked ahead of this movie, so I, I don't know that's really... Yeah, but way better. You don't think No Country for Old Men is a way better movie than this? No Country for Old Men is a, is a much better work of art. No Country for Old Men isn't that much more entertaining. Oh, I find it riveting. I find it riveting too, but I, there's an entertainment level that this movie has. That, yeah, I get. Yeah, um, you had more fun with it than I did. I I was annoyed the entire time watching it. No Country for Old Men is a better movie. Way I'm better. having this ahead of it. I, I don't. I don't like. I, I hate that argument. Like, well, well you, you have, give it. You've, 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 you've done you the like, reverse. You've done the reverse to me. Well, you've, I think you've, I, you've done that comparison with me. If you like something better, that's what I'm like. Ah, yeah. I, I, I like No Country for Old Men better. Now, someone might say, like, oh, you have. I like Jerry Maguire way better than Top Gun. So you know, someone might have might cry foul at that. Yeah, but I no. You've used the you've used the you've you've called my shit. You called my take shit. 
Well, you have had some horrible. No, you call my my take shit kid. You've used you the same like comparison. Barry Madison, you, you don't said, like you said A minus versus, versus you B like plus. You've got to have to be A minus versus B plus, and you've come at me hard for that. I think I'm being really gentle with you oh, on that. You're right. you're a fucking hypocrite on this. Well, you're a fucking hypocrite. Right. This should be a B, and you goddamn know it. Right, well, I mean, if uh, I give this a C minus D plus, I don't you like give arguing a, that like B or B plus. It's, 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 it's so, oh, it's so you've used the reverse on me before. I have. I totally have. I don't think I have. I don't like. I don't like delving in a super minutia now. If you're saying like one movie is substantially better or if if you need a movie that was like I thought uh Jerry Maguire was better than then that's a different argument I think I, I don't think I don't think I'm being no that. country for old men is substantially substantially better movie no country for old men is a is a is a great movie it's in my top 100 this isn't top 100 so I, I don't know I mean I, I but I just say you can't give this a B plus may, maybe I should give no country for old men an A then or you know a, a very light A then or this is a very this, light this, a, this is a very heavy B plus hairs. I mean like what you know I don't, I don't, yeah that's, 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 this is what it becomes when you have those arguments so I don't, right I don't well, know. well you started those arguments I don't think I did before, but that's okay I, I think, I'm yeah that's alright we'll check the yeah I mean that's that's pretty much what I got on Jerry Maguire I think that's it. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything else on this thing. Um, but, yeah, there we go. Fuck it. Oh, yeah, this is what I wanted to ask you. I don't think I asked you last time. What did he do? What did Tildwell really do? Why were they so excited at the end of the movie? It was like, ooh, I caught a touchdown. Like, yeah. I didn't get that. Like, the big embrace, and they're all... Actually, it was a nice scene afterwards where Tildwell, you know, because Cuba couldn't... Cuba does a good job emoting. You can tell he has feelings and emotions. So when he's in front of the cameras, after he makes that big catch, you know, um, gets hit hard, wakes up, you know, he gets interviewed at the end of the game. It's the first time he's been really standoffish with the, with the media. So it's right. the first time he's really been, you know, coveted by them afterwards. And he starts breaking down because he feels like he did this big major accomplishment by catching a touchdown and him, you know, and he embraces Jerry Maguire. They embrace and it looks so natural and great. But then you think about it and you're like, what did he actually do? He did nothing. All he did was catch a fucking touchdown. Well, I mean, it's his job. It's yeah, but touchdowns. but you wouldn't. Yeah, but you wouldn't embrace your. You wouldn't. They were so emotional. It's like they well, won I, the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I think they played up obviously a little bit, but it looks like you know, based on the story leading up to it, his play had improved. Uh, and then you know, catching a game winning touchdown Monday Night Football uh, to keep your team alive in the playoffs, it's a big deal. Does it automatically guarantee you a huge contract? No, it Not didn't necessarily. So it's like they didn't do it. Um, you know what I mean? But I think you kind of have to have. It, it, it's. A, I mean, how contracts work in sports is you know you're good over an extended period of time. That's not going to work very well for a theatrical film. Sure. So you know you have to have kind of a climactic moment. Um. So you know catching it on Monday Night Football they didn't even get their team in the playoffs. Really, it no. only it only kept them alive for one more week. Right. Exactly. Uh, so we don't even know. Right. So with that guarantee you a huge contract extension probably not uh no it wouldn't uh but you know would it be a big moment would you be sworn by the press yeah you probably would be so i mean this the press part i i buy i don't buy that guaranteeing you a 10 million dollar deal oh no also i, I don't i don't I, one caveat this movie gets the sports stuff almost 100 percent right great job they have the money i football they have that crew i grew up with frank yeah. gifford dan dudoff al michaels they have uh, they have a lot of agents, a lot of players. The, the football stuff actually is shot pretty well. You have you know the right helmets, right? A lot of this stuff seems small, but movies fuck it up all the time. The thing that I really is like that would never happen is doing the interview with Roy Firestone when they announced his contract mm, on air. Mm-hmm. You would never do that for so many reasons. A, it completely you know 
you can't negotiate after that. No. You would never publicly, you just wouldn't do it yeah, that you're way. you're saying the agent has sign-off ability on that motherfucker? Right. What if Cuba is like, I don't want to do that. Now, no, I want, like, I want 14 million. Right. And now the team's like, you publicly gave our terms. Like, you would just, you would just never, it would never, never happen. It. it would never happen. So that, I really don't, I don't like that scene um, at all. Uh, but the rest of the sports stuff, and there's a lot of it in this movie, they really nail. Uh, they do a really great job with it. Yeah. Um, You're uh, even how it feels movie. like, like I've been to a few baseball winter meetings and like, so like when he's kind of walking through the lobby, I know baseball and football are different, but it's the same kind of type, like, uh, you know, where a meeting place where all the GMs and owners are all there. Uh, that's exactly what it feels like. So yeah. it looks like that's the energy in the room. It's all like super fast. You, you, you see big names shaking hands left and right. All it's like all in like hotel lobbies. It's all feels very that they nailed that. Yeah. But like, yeah, the Roy Firestone stuff. And then like, the idea that that all, all of a sudden means you have a con that, that stuff, that yeah. is but I think you just yeah. have to end the movie somehow. So I, I guess I give it a little bit of a pass. I don't know why it just couldn't have been a fax t- to the office about the contract. I don't or, know why it had to be Roy Fire. Exactly. You could have just as easily done that in the play. They won a, their first playoff game in 23 years or something. Right. And catching a touchdown then and add a little bit more emotion to it. Mm. It was just unbelievable the way it was, but fuck it. Yeah. Uh, you Jeremy Maguire. Yeah. Jeremy Maguire. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to recommend it. I will. Yeah. Well, we we'll split on that one. Yeah. Well. Uh, let's talk about, a new podcast. Okay, that's something I'd way prefer to talk about. Why do we say that? Uh, why do we say that is a brand new podcast that basically answers that question. Uh, the things I like about this show, it's a father and son podcast. So these are people that know each other. They do. They get along, but they can also give each other grief when they need to. They have a really fun relationship, but it's not like it's not like a boring lecture. No. Um, so they'll take a thing like uh, like Paint the Town Red. And they'll go into depth of how uh, that saying came to be and why it's used now. Um, so to have a really boring, dry reading of that, those episodes will get long and mighty quick. And that's not the case with no, this No, it's all. not at all. Uh, they had the really fun familiarity. They have fun in the show. Uh, obviously, like I said, they mentioned certain, certain sayings in their life. Where did they come from? Um, yeah, the one that I heard, like, that I, I had no idea, um, was uh, toot my own horn. And I don't want to give it away. Like, you guys should listen to the, I think it was the last episode they did. Um, that was on it. But... But like it's Revolutionary War era, and now like I now I know where it's from. It's things like you say these phrases, you have no idea where they come from. You may not want to take the opportunity to go and like think about it and, and research it and figure it out on your own. But uh, but you know this is a fun way to to learn. Yeah, there's five episodes up there, relatively new. The cool thing is they're they're relatively short. They're bite sized, about half hour long each. Uh, they bust through things like rule of thumb, giving 110%. Paint down red. Paint down red, throw in the <laughs> towel. Yeah. Uh, I told Laura about this. She was super excited. She loves podcasts like this where yeah. she kind of learned something. Yeah. And, you know, they're still having fun. So she instantly downloaded all of them. Uh, I can't recommend this one enough. Uh, why do we say that? Uh, and uh, give them a listen. Check them out. They're Check them out. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Bring back those nights when I held you beside me. Un- get to talk about this song again um as i said in uh, the beginning of the episode um there are few I, I don't think i've ever been as frustrated with having to take or having to talk about you know the subject matter of a podcast than i've been thinking about this stupid movie and this stupid song um this is a piece of shit song i fucking hate this song and i hate it more than i have to talk about it a second time i had this whole like flow of how i was doing it last time and i i don't even have it anymore it's like it's dead to me but let me tell you why i hate it <laughs> for people For, really excited to download this episode. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. 
First of all, um, there's, of course, this. Yeah, that's uh, St. Elmo's Fire, which I really like. It's on, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sweet song. I don't mind. It's much better than the movie. Much, that, movie yeah. is, that movie is trash. I, I love to talk about that movie in the show. That movie sucks. I saw that as a kid, oh. and I, you know, I probably only saw it once for good reason, so I don't quite remember, but it, that can't be good. No, that's the Brat Pack, right? That's Demi yeah, Moore. It's and, very, like, big, chill, like, just horrible people. Yeah. You hate all of them, and it's yes. like, oh, It's incredibly selfish, crappy oh, people horrible, you never want to hang out with. Yeah. But, but anyway. But the song is not bad. The song's not bad, but it sounds very similar to Unbreak My Heart. And I'm like, why is this? And it's because, oh, it's produced by David Foster, who wrote St. Elmo's Fire. Thanks. Yeah. Maybe he lost lost his fastball between St. Elmo's Fire and this one. No, I think he writes crappy adult contemporary music. And it just so happens that St. Elmo's Fire's got a nice melody to it. Yeah, it just wasn't that bad. (laughs) But the other reason why, so it's produced by by David Foster, but it's also, uh, David Foster wrote with, like, you name Every single one of the adult contemporary folks, you know, Dionne Warwick, Bette Midler, Josh Groban, Mariah Carey, Peebo Bryson, Michael Bolton. He's got favorites. hundreds of credits. All the people that I avoid, mm. like the play right. yeah, he too. has produced or written for. <laughs> but also it was written by Diane Warren. Now, you said that you had knew her from before. How do you remember her name? Yeah, I knew her name because of uh, movies. She's done, a lot, oh. she's done a lot of songs that have been used. Like She's been nominated for a number of Oscars. Um, a lot of Oscars. Yeah. I think like eight. So because of that, like I, I think I looked her up. I'm like, oh, this woman's like the queen of writing really lousy music, <laughs> right? Because like, there's no, things I don't like. Yeah. Anytime you want, um, like your rock, your rock band to do a nice ballad for a a a, a disaster movie. Yeah, of course, that's uh, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by our good buddies Aerosmith. From um, the Armageddon movie. From Armageddon was a number one hit. Huge um, hit. Oh, yeah. Number one hit on the rock charts. Uh, number one hit on the adult contemporary charts. Number one hit on the top 40, um, the Hot 100. And also, it was released as a country song at the same fucking time, as it's like in a movie. So you've got, you know. It, this thing was everywhere. She made a shit ton of money. So Diane it. Warren wrote it. So how that works. Uh, so the writers really make the money in, yeah. in music. So, you know, you're getting paid not only in the Aerosmith version, but you're also getting paid uh, residuals for the uh, country version. Uh, end of the story is uh, Diane Warren's very rich. She's very rich. Um, she's got 32 top tens on the Hot 100. Just the Hot 100. She's got 80 overall if you look at all her charts. Um, and she has nine number ones wow. on the Hot 100. It's That's like, wild. She's the first songwriter in history to have seven hits by seven different artists all at the same time. Her first big one. Wow. Like, you mean on the top 100 at the same yeah, time? Yeah, the top 100 yeah. at the same time. Her first big one is her best one. Yeah, like, this isn't a bad song. No, I like DeBarge and, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. Uh, it's a fun song. That's a fun song. I, but, I can like that. Yeah. You can you can also get like the Lionel Richie vibe from that too, which yeah, I like Lionel Richie. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a similar yeah. similar vibe in that like in the mid eighties. Um, that's where it kind of ends for our friend Diane. That right? is where it yeah. ends because then it just gets all really tough, like movie score ish. She could have done. She I don't think she she didn't, but she could have done things like the Titanic. She could have done you know right any of that stuff, um, and it would have worked for her. But she has um, a Grammy, an Emmy. Nominated for 12 Oscars, actually. Oh, my uh, God. And she's uh, got a star on the Walk of Fame in Hollywood. Um, but 
she to continue our theme of people who don't have yeah, like she, she's an emotional duck. connection. Uh, she's an odd duck. She has never been married. She doesn't. She her last like long term relationship was in 1992. She doesn't doesn't get into committed relationships. She has. She just she doesn't do it well. She knows it, and yet she's writing all these love songs for people, like songs about connection. Uh, but I mean, if you listen, to, if you look at the the if you look at the lyrics um, of "Unbreak My Heart," you can kind of see that. Like it is like childish writing. It's "Don't leave me in all this pain. Don't leave me out in the rain. Come back and bring back my smile. Come and take these tears away. I need your arms to hold me now." It's like this is the most sophomoric. This is worse than that. It's junior high writing. Yeah, it's very. It's she's an. It's an. Imagine like. Your whole job is to write these very over emotional love songs. Yeah. But then you don't really, that's not something you really value in your real life. That's really, that's, it's an odd disconnect to me. Like, and you, oh, you have so much money, you don't need to work. Not like she has to write these songs. No. She could literally, you know, never work again for a thousand years and have more money than God. Probably 15 years ago, she could have done that. After Armageddon, Armageddon she oh, probably Oh, my God. Had. I mean, this woman's for, like ridiculously rich, ridiculously yeah. wealthy. I, I, so, like, why? Why do that? Why even do it? It's. I wonder. If it, I wonder. I. I don't know anything about this. I love to read. I'm, I really enjoy reading. I'm not a big fan of romantic novels. Like, you know, like the Fabio on the cover kind of things. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, like, who writes these things? Like, what is their love life? Because these these songs are like this. The musical version of those, like those. I don't know. Stupid like dime store romance novels. I, I feel like those are a lot more fun to read, though. I mean, I've never read one, but I would imagine. I think you'd fun. enjoy them, huh? No, but I imagine they're more titillating. Like there's a little more excitement there. Maybe. At least they're being descriptive sexually or whatever. So there's yeah. maybe, maybe. I guess maybe you're right. I guess you're right. There is there is a difference. Where this is so vapid, it yeah. doesn't. That's my problem with adult contemporary music is it doesn't move you at all. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing you know invigorating about them at all. So yeah, there's nothing. I mean, this yeah because you listen to the song. It, it's it's um her voice isn't very inspiring. The music the doesn't go heart. anywhere. You unbreak yeah, my heart. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. The music's not very inspiring. Nothing is inspiring about it. The lyrics suck. So, but she has a Tony Braxton is a nice voice, though, right? She does. Yeah, yeah, she does. But it's still, it's not. It doesn't. It's not very passionate. Like it doesn't. There's not a lot of passion here. Like those books are probably passionate. Not that I know. <laughs> <laughs> sure, as he has a whole library, all of like Fabio. Right? No, I'm like, no, 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 no. Only only a seven of them. No, but I'm uh, sure. Yeah. But I'm sure I've read. I can't think of any. But I'm sure I've read something like it that was. More no, you're right. Those you are know? known more, I think, for being right, having like yeah, some, you know, from like the Lonely Housewives. But you're right. To, to, you're right. You're feeling something, I guess, when you're in theory reading them. Yeah, but there's there's the, not like this is just air. vapid. Yeah. yeah. So I don't get it. I would imagine um, for her, there's a certain challenge there to write something. You know, um, is there though? It's the same thing. It's like a cookie cutter. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. Or maybe she's maybe she. Maybe people don't have connection are constantly trying to find it. And that's I, how she tries to find it is like through song. Maybe. Maybe. It's not, I mean, it's not a crazy theory. <sighs> it's got to be a weird life. Imagine having all this money, but then being alone. But I guess if you're happy being alone, I mean, we've all had times in our life where we're happy being alone, obviously. Yep. But like the idea, like that's like, that's, that's your whole life though. That seems awful depressing. Maybe she likes it. I don't know. Maybe I, for some reason I've, feel like she lives in Vermont or something and she's kind of a by herself and maybe that's not the case. Surprise more humans aren't like that. Like, you know, you think, I mean, like, oh. I got divorced. Like, you know, there were times, you know, it didn't last very long, obviously, but I was like, you know, fuck this. I'm done. I'm not, I don't want to date anybody. I don't, I just want to, you know, I just want to live alone. You know, and, you know, you, you come to your senses a little sure. bit. Like, but I'm surprised, like, considering how much work it is. Now, obviously, you find the right person and then it's, it makes your life easier. But until you find the right person, it's, 
break you know relationships are hard it's they hard. are you break up you you know you're you, you're out looking for somebody it's a, it's a it's a struggle well yeah and you're there's compromise i mean even on the good times you're still trying to work it out like it's still you're with someone else who's different than you right. and they have different wants and needs than you want and hopefully they line up mostly but still there's like it's it's work it's not easy i wonder if she had you know I could, maybe she has close friends and then, and that's enough. You know, maybe it's just not about, she doesn't need like, she's sort of asexual or doesn't have a sexual partner or whatever. Maybe that doesn't matter to her as much. She just needs like close friends and that's fine. Um, I, I, I mean, I know humans have to be social creatures. If you think about it, like we have to work together because we can't all be good at everything, you know? So it makes sense that like we're sort of the the evolution is that we're social. So you you imagine that most people, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the people would want human connection. I can't imagine that she wouldn't. But and also just like nature, like it's the only way we can survive yeah. as a species. So we right. procreate. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so right. So you think it's something? But I'm just, I don't know. But it's, it is a lot of work, though. I remember being in New York. I remember uh, like I was in my apartment. Uh, there was this really nice old lady who liked to talk to us because we had the dogs and the dog the dogs are pretty nice. Mm. And uh, but she lived alone and um, she seemed really content with that. But I was just like. You know, or you'd, you know, you'd see, you know, you'd see like the the more come like it, uh, like to another building, say, yeah, take somebody out, but like nobody follows the body. Like that guy was living alone, or that lady was living alone, and like that was their life. And it is it, a sad, is a real like I think like loneliness is something you don't see a ton in film, no. or in uh, or in media as much as like real. I don't mean like oh I'm sad I broke up with somebody. I mean like you're like that's your life as a yeah, right. and I think like especially you see stats like the millennials are less likely to get married. And it just seems like there's going to be a lot more loneliness potentially moving forward. I and think like, so. I think it's something as a side to be kind of, you know, we kind of dealing with the pandemic being alone. You know, I have some friends that are single that like, I know one guy was like, I haven't like hugged anybody in a like, year, you know? And you're like, Oh man, like you, you think of it. Just, I'm sure people listen to this, maybe who are having a tough time with that, but it's like probably that, lone, that loneliness is tough. But, uh, but if you, I guess if you're not chasing it at all, if that's just not something that Diane Warren's interested in, maybe it isn't so bad. It's, you know, it's, Maybe. I don't know. I still think it's something is missing or I would think so or, or too. Kind of, I mean, I hate to say it broken, but kind of broken. Like something's different. Like, yeah, something's not quite right in you. If you are not seeking human con- connection in some way, because, because you're right. Like we're, we are biological, our biological imperative. A lot of times is to procreate. Like we need to continue the species. So seems like that's against kind of against like our nature to not want connection of some sort, but I don't know. Whatever. I have Tony Braxton story. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get so Can't wait to hear it again. Yeah. It's okay. It's all right, man. Sorry. Jesus Christ. It's all right, guys. It's a tough one. Am I carrying this show on my shoulder? Yes, I am. Am I doing a good job? Eh, Barely. To be seen. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Tony Braxton, um, uh, a funny Tony Braxton story. Uh, she's kind of changed the history of sports, if you will. Uh, so Dallas Mavericks for many years, well, for a good amount of years, were not the best franchise. In the early 90s, they were really at rock bottom. Yeah. Quinn Buckner was their, was their coach. It was a really, it's a fucking shit show. And because of that, they had really high draft picks for a few years in a row. I remember, uh, so uh, one year they drafted Jim Jackson. The next year they drafted Jason Kidd. Yeah. And the next year they drafted Jamal Mashburn. These were all top 10 picks. Uh, three pretty pretty decent players. They all had pretty well, decent kids, careers. Well, uh, Hall of Famer. Yeah, right? Mashburn, yeah. right. And Mashburn and Jackson are, are both good, were both good NBA players. So, like, this is a, so, you know, Dallas is really excited. You know, uh, they had three young players they can kind of build around. They finally had, like, a future. They finally had a direction. Sure. And, um... Jason Kidd and Tony Braxton were kind of an item. Uh, now, this story, I'm telling you, has been refuted by a lot of people, but it's never gone away. There's a lot of smoke there. I totally believe it. Um, but some people do say it's never happened, but I think it has because yeah. it's because it's really never gone away. Um, so Jason Kidd and Tony Braxton are kind of going out, 
And then I guess Jason Kidd and Tony Braxton are supposed to go out on a date, and Tony Braxton stood him up to hang out with Jim Jackson, his teammate. And uh, that created a huge rift between the two players. And then Jamal Mashburn, he was the rookie on the team. He was trying to play a peacemaker, and he like he just was he, he was like it wasn't his place to kind of jump in. He was a younger like, player. Oh, yeah, he's yeah, younger yeah, than these two yeah, guys. Right. And the Dallas Mavericks didn't have a ton because they were such a young, lousy team. There wasn't a lot of better leadership. Sure. So this was really a lot of fester and create real problems in the locker room. Less than a year later, all three guys are traded away, and Dallas is starting from scratch again. Why wouldn't they keep one? Why wouldn't you keep like Kid or something? It's probably the better better. A kid best might have been the kid. Oh, he I, might have been the first. I think there were different people. The problem was the organization was blaming everybody. So it's like, oh, it's uh, Kid's fault. No, it's Jackson's fault. No, it's Mashburn's fault because he's getting involved. It was like, meanwhile, Mashburn, Kid obviously went on to have his own domestic issues. Yep. Yep. Uh, Jim Jackson went ahead, nice long career. I don't think, you know, he, Jason Kidd, by all accounts, was a good teammate, obviously a terrible husband. Uh, Jackson seemed to be, uh, you know, a pretty good teammate. And yeah. then uh, Jamal Mashburn, by all accounts, is a great guy. Oh. Um, he, I think, he just got kind of caught in the middle of it. Uh, and a couple of these guys, I want to say Jackson. Jackson or Mash- they traded with like pennies in the dollar. They got nothing back. That's crazy. They, they got Michael Finley back in the kid deal, and he had a nice career uh, with the Mavericks. So the Mavericks, once again, had to start from scratch. They continued to suck, but because they were so bad, they ended up drafting Dirk Nowitzki uh, the same year that the Celtics got Pierce. And, and that is a franchise player. Exactly. And it led to a championship for them. Right. Um, uh, so you could argue that if Tony Braxton never is born, and those three guys are able to coexist. They might make the play. That was never going to be a championship team with those three guys. But maybe they make the eighth seed in the playoffs. Sure. But it puts them out of space to get Nowitzki. Uh, you know, Nowitzki, I think, was like the number 10 pick that year. So and then they never they get were, a championship. Then, right. Then maybe, yeah. Right. So maybe the Mavericks, Tony Braxton ended up being, a, was kind of a cursed name among the Mavericks. Was maybe might have been the best thing that ever happened to them. <laughs> Could have been. Because you really needed all three of those guys to kind of bounce out if you really were going to be able to draft Nowitzki most likely. And at that time, the players didn't have that much power did they like they've got a lot more power like hey power. you need to trade me like they seem to now no, they can kind of force no. their way out but at that time so that was young guys too though so right so that was management saying look this is fucking toxic we're out of here my we're understanding is it was untenable like these wow. guys were like almost in fistfights every day like it was it was sounding like it was a real fuck you had whether well, the players had you know uh you know trade rights or or had real kind of influence or over the organization it, at some point it's not really doesn't really matter if the guys are going to be yeah. shit every time they practice every yeah, day. Right. So I think it was more that because these are three guys that though, you know, Jackson's a veteran, his third year in the league. So right, they weren't these guys didn't have like you know right. the ability to march to the GM and make demands. But no. uh, it was a disaster. I guess it was I guess it was a complete fucking shit show. Um, and Tony Braxton, by many accounts, by most accounts, was the root cause. Well, I would trade that championship if we didn't have this stupid song. So if. Well, Tony Braxton but you wouldn't really care the Mavericks one. I wouldn't trade the Celtics championship that uh, they won uh, if uh, Tony Braxton. Well, Tony Braxton have... wasn't involved with that, so we don't even have to worry. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, uh, the only other thing I wanted to say about this is, you know, the the pop charts. I'm so yeah. The, the next show is going to be good, better, music, <laughs> better music, better music to talk about. How about your Tony performance Braxton. the next show? I'm really frustrated on this one. Oh, you couldn't tell. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I'm trying. It's just, it's hard for me to like, I just know everything is, co- you know, yep, you know, do. what's coming. I know it's coming. I know, but you gotta, it's not, you just gotta like pretend, but I, I that's not what I do. Well, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I don't I, pretend. I don't, I don't like to like pretend. It's, it's I'd a, rather call it, call it what it is and pretend. And you're, I don't think you're doing that either. I think you're just talking about the topics that we're talking about. Right. It, we're just doing the best we can, but it's hard for me to, it's hard for me to play the game. But the other thing, <laughs> the, the other thing that I want to say is like, I'm so annoyed. Muse, but you're doing it, not at you, at the situation, as you know. No, no um, of course. Right, right, right. Yeah. 
Um, the other thing I want to say is though that the music at this time is so tough. Like the Hot 100, I we go through spurts, right? I think it's you know the more contemporary 2015 to now is tough on the Hot 100. Almost like the aughts to 2010 are, is a better move for me. But like the late 90s is really tough too. And listen to the top 10. You've got Unbreak My Heart is number mm. one, of course. You got Don't Let Go is an Invoke song. That's a shit song by them. The they Invoke. I like some of their songs. I believe I can fly. Fuck you, R. Kelly. Yep. Shit song. Fuck you, R. Kelly. Shit song. Then you got Nobody, which is Keith Wet's uh, sweat song. Not good. Um, he, Whitney Houston's I Believe in You and Me. That's from The Preacher's Wife. I don't know that one, but it's, it's she's got a million better songs than that. No Diggity is number six. Did you know that one? Oh, yeah. Like, that to me so far is the best song. And I don't like that song. Actually, me. that's probably it's the best fine, one so far. Right. So far it's by far the best Dude, song. had you ever heard this song before? It's called Mouth. I know the song very well. I have no idea that song. Yeah, I've yeah, never yeah, heard yeah, that song yeah. before. I actually don't mind that song. It's, it's a fun, cutesy song. I know why you don't why you like it. It's, it's a Jack Johnson in you. That's it's a that is a shit song. It, that is a Jack I'm Johnson. Gonna, I haven't heard it in forever. It brings back a lot of memories you playing that. I That's interesting. Did you how why do you have a fond memory of it? Uh, some you young ladies me. I might have known might have like, enjoyed uh, it. No, but like uh, I just it, that was a song I know I remember like a lot of girls would like you you know, jump in their car and that might they might be playing. Yeah, to me like that. I bet because this is this, I was a senior high schooler around this time, so right. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that one, uh, and I'm glad I did. That's a piece of shit. Uh, and then <laughs> um, it's all coming back to me now. Celine Dion, so another yeah, no, adult. I, these I, are I, all I, adult it's contemporary it's not, it's not across the top here. And then um, the worst Seal song, which is "Fly Like an Eagle," the cover of uh, Seal Sex. No, Seal's great. It's, it's funny because um, that's you're all, right. That's right. all adult none contemporary. of those songs were anything I was listening to. No, uh, but you know, Soul Coffee. You know. I was I, I I've never probably listened to more music than I was in January '97 on the radio. Like I was I had my car. Yeah, you, you know I I was a high school kid. I was listening to music WBCN WFNX yep. constantly. There's two alternative stations in New England. Yep. I, to, I mean, I'd say maybe even like you know when I was in school, like 10, 12 hours a day. It was always on. Yeah. And um, but I was listening to entirely different music. Than Way we just different. I, like the soul coughing absolutely we'll talk about that in the yep. patreon show but like that alternative stuff absolutely but the stuff that was like popular 90s music that i i just i don't even, I don't even like i'm not even aware i mean i'm aware they existed but barely yeah barely the poppy i was thinking about this the other day the poppiest um of the alternative music that we probably listened to at the time was maybe dave matthews band yeah and where the where is he is where he, are they yeah maybe the album just hadn't there was a break between his albums, whatever. But. I mean, yeah, Crash would have been... Crash. R- Crash would have been now. I think it was 98, right? You could be right. Yeah. I think, maybe, yeah, so maybe we're just a little bit early because Under the bit. Table was probably 95. was 95. Yeah, I think, yeah. So maybe that was maybe it was 98. Right, there were a couple people that bled over, but after, like, you know, think about when we were, say, like freshman in high school or yeah. junior high, you know, you had Nirvana and Pearl Jam were getting airplay on, like, top 40. That's right. But, uh, like, by yeah. this time, by the time we left high school or the time you were in a freshman year of college, that day was long gone and they were going hard with the kind of like the ballady stuff. Yeah. And that's, that's really a, a lot of what you got. And it's tough. Um, and we'll cover him, you know, at, you know, we'll always cover the number one, uh, and that's just how it's going to be in the late nineties for us. But, uh, but at least we can find some stuff on the alternative charts. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I want my personal story. <sighs> yep. Have you heard it before? Ah, uh, yep. <laughs> I'll try not to fake surprise. Good. Uh, what? Oh, oh, that's a terrible noise. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you shouldn't be surprised ever again. Um, so uh, this is, I'm senior in uh, high school, uh, and I had never been to the Hall of Fame. I've always wanted to go, uh, baseball Hall of Fame. I've never been to Cooperstown. 
And I think I was talking about it one day in class with my buddy, Brian. Now, Brian's the guy that I would later, uh, he's my roommate in Florida. He's the guy that worked for the National Pride. He yep. did all the Monkey Boy stuff. Uh, he was a monkey boy. He was like kind of the third guy uh, there. But like Brian uh, is still my best friend. Best man at wedding. He's, 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 he's the greatest. Uh, but we were just kind of becoming friends there. Like junior year, we had kind of, we were in a couple of the same classes. We started shooting shit. We realized we both like sports and both yeah. like, like making fun of shit. And then like senior year, we started like hanging out more. But I think we were in class one day. I was like, I was like, man, like, I don't, I don't know what happened. Oh, you know what probably happened? It's probably the Hall of Fame announcement was probably uh, came out that year. The Hall of Fame? Like game. maybe Phil Nico got Oh, I see. You know what I mean, I or whatever. Like, so something spawned it. You're like, yeah. oh, I'd like and to see it. It makes sense, actually, because uh, I, w- I went back uh, and looked. And so we actually, uh, so we we made plans to go, and we made plans in February, uh, so the following month. But right. I think January is when we planned it, because I think the Hall of Fame got announced. So I'm like, I always went to the Hall of Fame. He's like, me too. I've never gone. I'm like, let's fucking go. <laughs> like, the first time in our life, we have the freedom to do whatever. We have our driver's licenses. Yeah. We can do what we want. And Brian was over 18, so he could rent a hotel room. So, um, I remember I went home and told my mom, like, hey, mom, I want to go to Cooperstown. My mom, who is very, my parents were very chill about stuff. They let me pretty much, I hadn't really no rules growing up. My mom wasn't thrilled about this one. Like, she was like, ah. Now, remember, this is before cell phones, before right. really, you know, before uh, any real, like, internet besides, like, Prodigy and AOL homepages. Uh, so there wasn't a lot of, like, that sort of thing. So it wasn't like I could, like, text my mom or, you know, or it wasn't like I had my phone I could call if we got in trouble. Like, you're kind of... I remember the first major trip that I did. Yeah. I did too. Uh, looking at Syracuse University, I almost um, almost went there. And so I think it was probably late junior year. It was the same thing. I went with my buddy John. We, That's a uh, long drive. Right. To, right. It's like a it's ten, eight yeah. hour, 10 hour drive yep. or something. And my mom was a little sketched out about it. And I was like, well, I'm going to check out the college. Yeah. Know? But but exactly. Same thing. Like, yeah. We, we and, didn't have and that stuff. She, she obviously let me go. I remember that was the one trip. That was the one thing where she was like, eh, I wasn't, wasn't super thrilled about it. Now I had gone and visited family in uh, like New York, like the uh, year after my dad died, my uncle came back to like Long Island area yeah. for uh, for a summer. They had a summer house there, so I went and visited them. I took the Amtrak down. I met them in the city. I don't have a problem with that, but for some reason, maybe just going, maybe because it wasn't family on the other end, like there was some no to pick you up, some concern, right? I guess yeah, I guess it's kind of a safety net there. Yeah, so yeah. Um, we jumped in the car. Now, like I said, this is before internet or anything, so we didn't have we didn't you couldn't even print MapQuest directions. It didn't exist. We had the Rand McNally Atlas in the back of the car. Everyone had one growing up. I did, uh, and. Uh, and that's what you kind of like rely on it. And Brian drove. I was a navigator. And um, we, 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 get, we made it there. We made it there. Uh, we left on like a Friday. Uh, we, we drove there. Uh, we must have left. After, I remember getting there like at night. And we had to like find a hotel. Like you couldn't. Either we A, didn't know enough. But B, it wasn't like really. You would just drive until you saw a place that had vacancy. Right. That's, you can find shit on your phone now. Like yeah. I can find a hotel on my phone or in even three like seconds. On your, you know, back in say the early 2000s, you could at least go online, you know, sure. find something on a, on a website maybe. Right. But, uh, right. You just kind of drove around and you saw the vacancy side. So we actually stayed in a town called Oneonta. We didn't stay in Cooperstown proper. Uh, and, uh, it was about 20 minutes away. And, uh, we probably stayed at like a, it was like a franchise, like a, like a red roof or a motel. Yeah. Six kind of yeah. And, uh, and then the next day we got up, we went to the Hall of Fame. It was awesome. I love the Hall of Fame so much. It's really cool. It's like, uh, if you've never been to Cooperstown, it's basically all takes place on like one long, it almost, I know it's New York, but it's like a New england street. Does it look like downtown Newmarket or something? Uh, Is it more built up? It must be more, more way like more built downtown, up. More like a downtown like Exeter, more built up. Okay. It's like downtown Exeter. That's cool. Um, and, and the Hall of Fame itself is kind of unassuming from the front. It's a beautiful building. It looks like, like a really fancy like library or like high school or like a really small old college mm. building up, up, up from the front. Yep. When you go inside, you realize kind of how big it is and how deep it goes. Uh, I had been, I've been to Cooperstown uh, 
well, I'm going for a third time in, in next month. I'm super excited. I went in uh, in 2010, uh, no, 2009. I went in the summer, and it was not fun because they have a double day field. Yeah, and they'll have little league tournaments there, and that's how Kubusan really makes a big chunk of their money. Obviously, the big induction weekend um, in the summers are when they make a lion's share of their money, but these. Tournaments keep these hotels and everybody in business. Right. It keeps people coming to Cooperstown, a reason to come. But it sucks because you're basically just dodging 11-year-olds who are all hopped up on sugar and excited to be there, and they should be, and these parents all weekend. It yeah. really ruins it. But when I went with Brian this, this February of 97, it was fucking empty, and it was awesome. Yeah. Like, I felt like the Cooper, like this Hall of Fame was like our... We were alone in there almost. It felt just car- it was awesome. Right. And, um, and then we went in some of the shops, and um, the shops are really neat. They have, like, some... Especially back then, because you didn't have online shopping, but you had like some really hard to find baseball stuff. You maybe wouldn't you wouldn't see other places. I remember I got a 1962 William Mays jersey, not the actual one, but like no, a, a no, replica, a nice replica. But I yeah. wore it for like I don't know five, six, seven years right. afterwards. Like this goofy, skinny kid with a William Mays jersey on. But I loved it. I was just it was just awesome. Like the stuff there was so cool. It's a great time. And it's all indoor, right? It's, it's all besides the field. So even if it's not if it's winter time and there's no one there, oh exactly, time, best it was a go. great time to go. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so then we, we were like, all right, so what do we, now the, we went obviously in the morning and the afternoon, whatever. So now what do we do at night? So we asked some locals, like, what do we do? And they're like, all right, well, there's a mall in Oneonta. You know, you kids might like that. So we went to the mall. It was so weird. Like, um, the mall was all these, like, it was always like attractive women in their early twenties that were all were married that were alone. Like, and I guess there's like a lot of people from that area had gone in the military. That's what, cause we asked about it. Like, why are all these, like, why are these attractive women all around? Looking women without any guys, but they're all married. What's going on? They're like, Oh no, it's just in this area. A lot of guys joined the military. And I guess that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, so we went and saw a movie that night. We went and got like pizza at the mall. And then we went and saw Dante's peak. Uh, that was our movie. Remember we're too young to drink. So this is like the fun we have. And then we, uh, so the next day we're driving back and I was the navigator. So I still blame Brian though. I think he missed a turn. We ended up like at almost the Canadian border. So, I'm trying to picture where the fuck this is. You said it's upstate New York, but a lot of people say upstate New York when it's really west New York, but is it really way north? It's not way north. It's 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 like uh so it's not as far as Syracuse. Okay. It's like um if you're driving to Albany, you keep going Because Albany's just west of the city, right? Is it north? Albany's too? north. Is it north? The the city, you can't go west of New York. New York's the bottom, it's an island. No, I know, but you, but I mean, geographically, it's still towards the bottom of New York of New York State. I guess it's still a bit of a haul, but it's not. No, I know it's a haul, but I thought it was. But New York is very wide. It's very. I mean, long. Albany's not really west. It's more just north. Is it north? Yeah, I thought it was. It's like right. Long. It's not that far from like Vermont. Albany not, is, or uh, you know, can I, it's like not that far from the border. I'll have to yeah, look at it. It's yeah. much closer to the border than not. You know, huh? Border. Okay. Right. Uh, so all uh, imagine going like say another like half hour or so north from Albany, and then you're going then you're going west. Yeah. Uh, for, for like, say, you know, a couple hours. So, but it's not like, uh, like Syracuse. It's yeah. not like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're not going that far West. Uh, so, uh, so we're driving. Yeah. So we end up like, you know, we start seeing a lot of signs for like Montrealish area. Like, fuck. So we end up like taking this crazy route where those two idiot kids. Oh, what the fuck are we doing? We end up on a ferry, but not a ferry, like the poor Jeff ferry or giant ferry. It's like a one car ferry where you basically put your car on this like boat. You can't leave your car. You're stuck in your car. And this guy basically drives his tiny little boat with your car on it across this, like a lake. Were there multiple boats doing this or was it just this one I boat, one car now, at a time? Cause that's crazy to me. It, it, one boat, one car. I could be misremembering some elements of this. I remember distinctly being on in this, this trip. I think of that. My gosh, it was 25 years ago. I know. That's so fucking sad. That's really fucking upsetting. You're so old. I, one of my best friends I grew up with just had his 
had a grand <laughs> grandchild. Know, it happened like yesterday. I'm, I'm, I'm really shook up about that. Like that someone I grew up with is a grandfather. It's really. I don't know anybody, but I'm sure someone from my high. It's a big high school. There are two thousand people in my high school. I'm sure someone in my high school has had a grandkid. I mean, I knew this kid when I was like nine. That's nice. And he, someone, he's someone's grandfather. I'm really, I'm really shook about that. So, right. So this is a long time ago, but this is that's my best memory of it. Is uh, we're in this car. The ferry brings us across, and uh, we really had to take this ferry because if we had gone around the lake, it would we would have been so far out of our way because we already were we already you driven are, in complete opposite directions. So yes. We've been really fucked. So this did actually save us some time. Um, and uh, we ended up going, but it was like, what, and we know the next you know, week at school, we're t- telling all of our friends about it. And they're like, holy shit, you went. Well, it was, it's a fun adventure. Yeah. Wild adventure. It was yeah. so much fun. I'm so glad. It was one of the, like, so even like now, so every year, uh, Brian and I, we meet up, you know, we didn't do it last year because of the pandemic. And we'll go to a different baseball park. So like we went to Pittsburgh. So we'll like fly into Pittsburgh together on Friday. We'll catch like, you know, hopefully like three Pirates games. We'll make fun of the city. We'll eat at all. Uh, what we do is we bet on football all year long. And then whoever loses the bet between us, has to pay for someone else to right. eat at the most expensive restaurant in the city. Right. And then, of course, whenever I win, I'm an asshole. Like, I'll order d- dessert. I'll order oh, food I won't even eat. That's surprising. I'll be like, oh, I'll decide I don't eat mashed I'll have a bunch of mashed I, I order whatever I can. Just to fuck Brian over. You know, it's funny. <laughs> and uh, so now we have these great trips, but it's all stemmed from the Scooper Stand. Yeah. Like, this trip, I don't think if that trip was a disaster, like, are Brian and I still friends? Maybe, maybe not. not. No, maybe not. Because, like, like we were bud, like we were friends. We were by no means like best. Yeah, but that friends. got you. That having an adventure together, making a memory together like that, that that builds a long term. It really did. Yeah, like, it does. I remember like so when he came for the wedding. I think we even like talked about it. Like, oh. like oh my god, remember Cooper's? Like it was just like this was like the first trip we had, and we got lost. Like we didn't like get married until we always come out. Like we're just That's like, so fun. We're gonna do this, like, you know? Right. Just, like, but like, uh, but we just had like a great time. Like it was just super fun. Like, uh, and uh, so yeah, so every year we have these trips. We we go see different ballparks different cities and, and it's always fun it's always funny out brian like i could not see him face to face for a year we we meet up and like it's just like it's normal yeah what uh what's the best park you've gone to with the two of you yeah um probably the pirates um three no, rivers I, right i didn't no 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 is that not what that is so long gone. no dude, dude what's it called you're stuck in you're what's stuck in yes, sir, uh pnc park pnc but yeah. you are on the river right isn't it yeah. waterview uh, you know, you're right on the river. Yeah. 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 Uh, no, I three rivers was the name of their park. Where, like when Barry was Bonds it? was there. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, um, it's a really, that was a really, that wasn't, Pittsburgh wasn't the funnest city, but that no. was the best park. Yeah. Um, that I've been to. It with, looks pretty. Brian. I mean, yeah. sort of the Orioles park. So does Orioles park. Camden is, Camden. that's my other, so that PNC and Camden are the two best I've been to. I've been to about, I think I've been to like 13 parks, 15 parks. And those two are the, it's my two favorite are those two. AT&T and San Francisco is the best. One. I really, I, I have not yeah. gone to that one. You'll love it. I get rave reviews. That's, yeah. that's particularly like, and actually it's better to have worse seats, you know, cause you want to, you want to have some elevation so you can see the Bay and see across the Bay to Oakland and stuff. It, it's, it's a cool, it's a really cool spot. Every time we go, we see at least two games and what we do is one game, we get the most expensive seats we can. And then one game, we get the shittiest ones. Yeah. Cause we like to see just to get, try to get the whole Different spectrum. Like, Oh, yeah. what is it going to, you know, what's it going to be? Um, that's a really beautiful park. That yeah. I, I only hear a glowing thing. So I want, whenever we go or if I go with Laura or whatever, I end up getting my way to San Francisco. I want to pick a week where the A's are home right now, right now, right at the same time. Yep. So I can do two stadiums, two for one. Right. Um, that's kind of the the goal. Uh, worst thing I've ever been to Joe Robbie, the old Joe Robbie stadium. Uh, it's where the Marlins first started. Not their current stadium is really cool. I've been to that too, but their old one was awful. Worse than the trop, worse than Montreal, worse than the trop. Worse than the Trop. Wow. Worse than Montreal. It was awful. It was, it was like watching it, like watching a baseball game in a football stadium. But like, it, yeah. but, but there's no, it's Miami. There's no shade. Ace Park you is just, bad. You just bake. Oh, that park I heard it's, is horrible. It's, it's Same really difference. Oh, Coliseum. That's yeah. really bad, right? Coliseum's bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's there's no the prop. It's mostly because there's no personality. All, and, that's how Joe Robbie was right, and it's so huge because of the football. You know, because the Raiders were playing there, and they like no one's in the upper 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 deck. Yeah, like it's just right. It looks empty all the time. And it, when I was there, the A's weren't very good, so it was mostly empty anyway. Yeah, uh, the Marlins were were okay at this time when yeah. I went. They were like they were decent, um, but they weren't like. They were, so they, even when they were good, they never they went to no. titles. They never did. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So going to Cooperstown, really fun. This is a really fun time uh, in my life. Um, ready for headlines? I'm as, ready. As we wrap up the show, so how much fun are you having this show? This is it's been a blast. <laughs> to be truthful, like I don't want to lie. Actually, to be truthful, no. whatever talking to you about this shit is fun. It's just it's a lot more fun when we do it our way. Yes, which is organic and yeah. spontaneous. And right. we've tried. We both try really hard not to tell each other. How, yes. what we're you know we 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 never talk because. Spontaneity is a fun part of the show. It is. Yeah. I'm curious. You no, know, feel free to do it. What, what do you guys think about this one? I'm kind of curious to see what other people's feedback. Feedback is on it. And I feel like, I feel like the last show was actually pretty good. So it sucks to not have that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, headlines. Give me fucking headlines again. <laughs> this is going to shock you here. I know. Uh, January 12th. What? No, oh, never again. That's, that's the worst thing you've ever done in the show. Uh, that is awful. That's worse than whatever you did to make the robot sounds. Um, January twelfth. Uh, this is by the way, it's entirely your fault. This technical snafu, right? Is this You're a son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, these things happen. What are you Damn gonna it! Do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Gonna, what what do, you do? do? Yeah. We're you know you're reliant on tech, you know think about we are. It. I mean, you know, when Brian and I took that trip twenty five years ago, like you podcast, like you couldn't even do. You know, couldn't even do it. Sorry, right. what are you going to do? Can't no, get upset uh, about it. Uh, January twelfth, uh, Super Bowl thirty one matchups were set. Uh, the Pats beat the Jaguars 20 to six. The Packers beat the Panthers 30 to 13. So this would have been this week is when Bill Parcells is negotiating his way out of the wing. Cause this was the Jambalaya Super Bowl. Why does he do that? He's about, he's about to go to the Super Bowl. Why is he? Yeah. Here? So, uh, that same, so flashback to the beginning of that football season, right? Um, the draft, uh, he did not want to, Parcells did not want to draft Terry Glenn and, uh, uh Kraft kind of forced his hand. Terry Glenn, and, very good player. Uh, Good play, yeah, very good player. Uh, but uh, Bill Parcells had a press conference, uh, so annoyed, and he had that great quote. He's like, "If you want me to shop to cook the dinner, you at least let me shop for some of the groceries." Right. So, um, he he, that was the beginning of the end. Uh, and Will McDonough, the late great Will McDonough, one of my favorite sports columnists. Yeah. Um, he had an amazing behind the scenes stuff. He was kind of the go between, like he was. Bill Parcells was using him in the media during this whole thing. Right. And it was some crazy scenes about like Parcells and Kraft, like in, in like a men's bathroom, like having this guy, like it was just like Parcells was like just letting the world burn behind him on his way out. And then he, uh, you know, he took Belichick with him, went to the jets. Right. Uh, and obviously Belichick then, you know, stabbed the jets and back came, came back to New England. But then, you know, remember the jets had also stolen Curtis Martin away as well. Like it was just, there was, was a lot of bad blood between a lot of bad, but like, you know, Jets and Pats, I still hate the Patriots so much, obviously, but it'll never match the hatred that was around in the late 90s. Yeah. That was crazy. And it all stemmed from this week. Uh, January 16th, uh, Ennis Cosby, uh, Bill Cosby's son, was murdered by Mikhail Markusev. Uh, Markusev was sentenced to life in prison in 98 for the killing, uh, but he wouldn't admit to the killing until 2001. He was going through like a plea bargain. Uh, I'm sorry, not a plea bargain, uh, appeals process. And then she's like, you know what? Enough of this. I did it. Like, I did it. Like, and I, I guess he had found it. Christianity yeah. in in uh, in church. I mean, sorry, in jail. And uh, he uh, was like, "I found Christ. I just want to kind of like let the. I just feel bad for victims and just kind of accept my punishment." Weird story here, though. Like, there's a part of this I don't understand um, with this. So, 1 a.m. Uh, and it's Cosby's driving. Green Mercedes Benz. 
gets flat tire, pulls over. Remember, like we said earlier, this is before internet and cell phones and stuff like this. You know, before internet was pop. You know, you couldn't you couldn't just call for help. Uh, you had to go to payphone. But it's, he he does he is able to get his he is able to call his girlfriend. So he must have found a payphone to come. There were cell phones then. He had his family. Oh, you're right. Rich. He, prob- he, he probably had right. one. He had a cell phone. Yeah, he exactly probably. what happened. Yeah, right. or you're even right. a car phone actually. If it was a car phone. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're absolutely right. So his why not call AAA? Whatever. Okay. Yeah, but you just well. He can handle. It. Some people can handle. Some it. people, right? I'm not a guy that fixes flat tires. I called. I'd call AAA yeah, pretty quick. Call Matt. I'd help you do it. I'd call AAA. <laughs> uh, and then so I. Uh, so his girl. You're right. You, you got. You probably did have a car phone. He. He. Um. She pulls up behind him, about 20, 30 feet behind him, and turns on the headlights so he can see what he's doing. Yeah. Makes total sense, right? He's fixing his tire. The woman's in the car. She gets a knock on the window. Tap tap tap. And there's a guy on the other side of the window saying, "Get out of the car, or I'm going to harm you." She then drives away, like just immediately just panics and just drives away. Yeah. This, but this leaves Ennis not only vulnerable from this voice that she just heard, but also now in the dark. And then she pulls up like 50 feet in front of Ennis. Right. It doesn't stop, just drives by her. And, pulls and then as she stops the car, she hears a gunshot and then goes back to the scene and Ennis is dead, but his, like, he still has his like watch on him. And his, like, his still has his wall. Like the guy just basically just killed, just killed, killed him, him and Didn't drove take, away. Yeah. Maybe I wonder if Ennis approached it or like said, Hey, what are you, what are you doing talking to my girlfriend or something? Okay. Maybe that. I, I'm not, I'm, yeah. I say, okay. Like that makes I, sense. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The girlfriend was never, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, have this great conspiracy theory. The girlfriend never was charged. I'm sure it would happen. The guy admitted it. So I'm not, yeah. Right. I just, I'm just trying to, I mean, like the piece of the story. Cause when the story happened, I was, was very upsetting because uh you know theo hospital huxtable was based off of ennis like theo right. had d- dyslexia because ennis had dyslexia the real yeah. life guy like bill cosby based a lot of this character so like it almost kind of felt like you knew him by you proxy him. a little bit so uh it's a weird and then um you know bill cosby at that time was still beloved right in fact they uh so then they would tr- lapd was trying to get bill cosby's number to call him to tell him his son died but no one would give LAPD the number because they didn't want to just give this random because they didn't know they thought it might be you know the media sure. or something. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Right. So um, let's see. Do get in touch with him, and he was working in uh, on the show, not the Cosby Show, but Cosby. That was a yeah. show on CBS that came after. Uh, and he, he was actually uh, in Astoria uh, on the stage there, coughing Astoria Studios, which is like I don't know, maybe less than a quarter mile from where I lived. Um, and they told him on set, your son, your son's been <laughs> been killed. Uh, and I remember when the Cosby allegations came out, um, allegations, not allegations, no, it's Cosby, uh, right. you know, crimes, the, 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 him being the, the, one of the biggest serial rapists of our lifetime had come, had come to light, began to come to fruition. Some people initially said, well, because Ennis had died, maybe he had just kind of snapped, but then there's, we yeah, found out no. this has been going on yeah. way before Ennis was even born. Right. Like, you know, Cosby has been a serial rapist, but that, I remember that was an initial thing. Um, obviously, uh, Bill Cosby, a horrible person, right? Horrible, horrible person. Yeah. Person. We do Fuck not like Bill, Bill no. Cosby. Two thumbs down? Two thumbs down. Not oh, a friend of the show. Oh, no, no. Oh, band of the show? <laughs> not a friend of the oh, show. Not, not band, though, right? Is we, are we going to talk about Leonard Part 6? I don't think we'll ever get to it. Was that, did that, so I mean, bad. it was all over HBO. That's why I saw it. It's a stupid yeah. movie, but yeah. like, did that do well in the Ghost theaters? Dad? Ghost Dad could pop up. That could you know, both these pop. movies bomb, but oh they both God. did make top 10 at least one week. I don't know if we'd want to talk about that. They're, they're both kind of I terrible mean, movies. Shit movies. Well, I, I don't think I ever saw Ghost Dad, but Leonard Park is a fucking two, mess. Two thumbs down. Yeah, two thumbs down. Not, not like our... We're not going to recommend him. We don't like R. Kelly. We don't like Bill Cosby. Mostly rapists, I think. Yes. Uh, we dislike, yeah. 
So we don't like uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. either, though. He's been he's had some allegations. Yeah, you said that. I, I haven't looked. Yeah, it's been it rough. All, but... uh, the last uh, I think he's twenty. I think he's awaiting like going to court. Like, he's got, like charges against him now. It's more than allegations. Now they're like criminal charges. Uh, January seventeenth, uh, Bob Dole gets the Medal of Freedom. Uh, the reason this is a big deal is because he had just lost the election a couple months earlier. Right. Uh, in fact, to this Mr. was Clinton to Clinton, another rapist. Uh, yeah, well, uh, yes. Well, rapist. Mm-hmm. We know he's a rapist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess the Paula Jones and I believe uh, and yeah. Juanita Broderick and there's a lot of yep a lot of stuff there yeah yeah I, I yeah he's he's he has issues not, yeah not, yeah not okay. good no he, but he's got a lot of power so he can uh, he can escape justice apparently yes he's, for now he's uh yes, anyway so he but he Bob does Dole, but he is a good thing here so Bill Clinton bad guy probably uh but a good guy here at least for this week in history <laughs> because uh, I mean I like this he reaches kind of goes uh, you know. Reaches across the aisle, and this is the week where uh, Clinton is going to get inaugurated. So it's kind of a classy move to the guy that you just yeah. beat. Have him, you know, obviously Bob Dole, war hero, has had a, a very, you know, whether you agree with politics or not, he's had a long political career, uh, and by all rights, a decent guy. Seems like a good guy, a decent guy. Met him a couple times. He was very, yeah. very pleasant guy. You met Bob Dole? I did. Huh. Get into that story another time, but oh, yes, well, I did. Yep. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, so he gets the Medal of Freedom. Bob Dole uh, always has had kind of a, a good uh, sense of humor about him. He starts, when he gives us, basically after he gets the medal, he starts to speak, and he starts to give the inauguration address. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, I, sorry, I don't need that speech anymore. So kind of having some playful fun. That is fun. It, you know, you lose the biggest election of your life. It's got to be heartbreaking. So to be able to go back, accept the medal with, um, you know, a little bit of uh, little class, a little bit of grace, dignity. A little bit of yeah. And then, class, you know, yeah. Clinton was cool to do that. Um, and then the January 18th, the next day, Paul Songus died at 55 due to lymphoma. Now, Songus and Clinton uh, famously ran against each other in 92. And when all these sexual uh, harassment stuff, Paula Jones stuff uh, popped up, Jennifer Flowers stuff yeah. popped up. Um, Remember, Clinton took a dive in the polls, and Tongas was leading, and Tongas even won New Hampshire. And people were like, "Is this guy going to be like the president?" Like he was the front runner. And the reason Clinton was known as the comeback kid was because he uh, beat Tongas. It was it was victory was against Tongas yeah. that uh, was gave right. him that nickname. And Super Tuesday, Tongas wound up winning a total of eight states, but after New Hampshire, could never quite carry the momentum. Tongas was a very soft smoking guy. He was like a little balding man. Um, he just didn't. He didn't. He never sounded or looked like presidential or like powerful. Yeah. But he, he I really liked a lot of stuff he stood for. He was a uh, very socially liberal, but then very fiscally conservative. Um, he seemed to. He worked with both sides of the aisle. Like he seemed to be a guy that like was trying to get good stuff done. Um, wasn't about the glitz and glamour of stuff. Maybe that's what kind of cost him the election. Probably. But he did have lymphoma in the eighties. In fact, that was a major issue when he ran. People were afraid he was gonna could die in office. And he brought up a couple of doctors and said, "No, listen, like he did have." Uh, some I think he had bone marrow uh, transplant in the Jeez. in the eighties, but he's he's fine. He just gets, he's, he's fine to health, but he did die. And in fact, he died two days before his first term would have ended. So he most likely wouldn't have been, obviously be been able to yeah. finish that term in health. So, um, uh, yeah. So kind of kind of a sad story. It's not only fifty five. There is a Songus Arena. It's in Lowell. Um, so uh, you know, he was a uh, senator and congressman of Massachusetts. So in this area, we still kind of. Think I've definitely it, seen stuff at the Songus Arena. I don't know. I can't remember. I've seen concerts and stuff. Have there. you? I didn't yeah, been there. Definitely. Yeah. Earlier on in, uh, yeah, when I was a kid. Yeah. I, I can't quite think of what I saw. I didn't see Nirvana there. I saw Nirvana, saw another arena. It wouldn't have been called Songus Arena when you saw Nirvana anyway, so. Oh, yeah. No, what, uh, it was 90, would have been 94, I thought, so. Right. Oh, yeah, so you're Paul right. Yeah, yeah. Alive, yeah so. it wasn't Songus. Right. 
But but actually, did someone else play? Does who plays at Songus? Does like the there's some bands like I think Vampire Weekend. No, but I'm thinking like uh, does hockey hockey there? Is I think it, there is hockey. Maybe like the Lowell, like um, UMass Lowell or something plays there. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, I know I've been there. Do you think uh, Kurt Cobain met Paul Songus in heaven? Was like, hey, welcome. Like, think he was the welcoming. I uh, think so. It's a movie called Defending Your Life at Albert Brooks. I think it's like All the right. 30th anniversary of that. Uh, Meryl Streep's in it. It's, it's actually quite good. Yeah, it but is. But the, the, the theory there is that, like, it's the people that die around the same time as you, and you're all kind of, like, on buses, and you go. But, like, you're around. Initially, you're around people that die at the same time as you. So, you're, like, if, you know, if some like i always think like jim henson and sammy davis jr died the same day like were they on that bus together are they like are they like buddy heaven buddies now like, that'd be cool i like to think of them together <laughs> just two like very different people <laughs> they are very different hey babe and like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Here. like they're having a like, conversation that'd be person. awesome actually uh yeah that's uh that's all i got i guess for the i think that's fucking enough dude uh, this is enough so is this the most is this the most miserable you've ever been doing a show i think it is you seem really miserable I'm not happy about it at all. No. I think this is the yes. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. I it's hard for me to like it's hard for me to know what to say. It's hard for me to to play along because I just you know. You did as good as you could. I did great. You did terrible. Eh, uh, I don't think I did terrible at all. I mean okay. I, <laughs> I think I worked as well as I could. I mean, given the circumstances. Hmm. Some of us can play the game better. Some of us can act. Maybe Some of us can lie. Maybe what we should do is we should take my part of this show and then your robot voice and, and make that a show <laughs> because your performance this episode has been terrible. <laughs> I don't think horrible. it is. No, I don't think it is. I think you've tried too hard today, but that's okay. I tried too hard? I think you tried too I hard today. I had to carry something. I carried a lot of water here, baby. So I don't I think you thought you had to. Oh, but, no, I uh, and No, I, 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 proof that I, no I don't think so. I think what's going on is, yeah, I just, I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, whatever. So what, is, what are the odds this will end up being a robot voice episode? Like, oh, I is hope it gonna... so. No, well, because of the software, it, it's not. That like, I can bad. see everything, and no, everything, that, all the hardware, everything that we're going through is, yeah, it, it wouldn't happen. I don't, I have no idea what happened with, with this right. one. It makes no sense to me. I don't get it, but it maybe may it's just some sort of fluke, or maybe something wasn't plugged in all the way, but I don't even know how that's possible. So the file was corrupted, right? Yeah, the whole file. Because um, what ends up happening is it, it records it, uh, it records it in this, like, stereo file, but then when I export it, it splits it into eight different tracks because you can see all the tracks on, on this device, right? And um, every single one of the tracks was usually like if one part of it was corrupted, the other ones wouldn't be. So the stereo track was, and then every single individual track was too. So everything about it was corrupted. Hmm. I, don't, I don't get it. Maybe it's the SD card. Uh, you know, that's it's like the little hard drive in there. Um, so I bought two more just in case. Like it's SD, that. by the way, stands for slam dunk. That's exactly, that's exactly what it. Uh, that's exactly what it stands for. Thank you. Um, so hopefully we're not going to have that problem again. But I will. We'll, our setup will be like. This Are slam dunk cards expensive? Uh twenty six bucks each. Twenty five bucks each. Something, something like that. Um, no, it's fine. I'm not worried about the price. It's just the. It's it's how annoyed I am at having to set up like this. How we can't listen to the songs together. Mm. Uh, I mean, we did, but I'm going to have to put it all back through because it's not recording any of that. All that, it just adds more time and fucking effort and stupid where this, the podcaster really makes things a lot more, a lot easier, a lot more fluid. Um, It's amazing to me that softwares don't like to play audio between each other. It makes no sense why I can't record audio from my computer into, uh, into this audio, into this digital audio workstation while we're talking at the same time. It makes no sense that that doesn't exist. Everything you just said makes no sense. To me. Yeah, I know. Boom shakalaka. A terrible shot. Did you play NBA Jam as a kid? Yeah, wait, wait. Was that the two on two? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, NES, well, the Super NES, right? But yeah, it was on the, it was the arcade, though. It's like, that's where it started. I never Came played out. it on the arcade, but what, I was what, super... What, what, what? Well, I think... Brain explodes. You never played NBA Jam in the arcade? I don't think I did. I think I played... What a weird existence you've had. No, I played a lot of the shooter games or played... No, but uh, like NBA Jam was like the game. I think A terrible by, shot. Maybe by the time it came out, I wasn't doing arcades, but the Super NES no, had No, of it. course you were. Yeah, you were. It came out was when, I? when I was in eighth grade. You were in freshman year. Yeah, maybe. I don't, maybe I did. I don't he's, remember. He's I, heating up. He's on fire. Oh, well, I remember that from Super NES. Yeah. Yeah, I played a wow, shit ton of that. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's a really fun game, right? It is a very fun game. The I arcade's like really fun. You go to like some of these, like, uh, Nist- like uh, the place in Dover, uh, Tokens. They oh, have yeah. NBA they still Jam. have it? What's that? What's that? I forgot. I've been there, but I can't remember what yeah, they, they have. Yeah, they have NBA Jam there. Yeah, yeah, they have it. And like, if you go to any of these, like, there's a really good one in Burlington, uh, Vermont. It's like a barcade kind of place. Yep. They're really fun. Um, And uh, it, they always have NBA Jam. NBA Jam is like maybe the best arcade game ever it's fun for the super nintendo i played it there too but the arcade is like the the most fun is it yeah 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 so much fun you think tokens has survived oh god oh i hope so i haven't oh god that's i would love to go back there yeah it's a cool spot yeah you can drink and play video games basically yes yeah yeah arcade games yeah Yeah. Uh, the first one we do in new york was called barcade i hope yeah and uh but the one in burlington is huge it's really big now but really great like beer selection i guess and um boom shuckle well for my 40th we went to the arcade in um in Oh, the famous one in, in New Hampshire. Fun spot. Fun spot. Oh, that's cool. That's a fun yeah. one. Yeah, it was good. It's all the old stuff though. There's no it was older than um They have NBA Jam there. Do they really? Yeah. There's uh, so much maybe. But they have like up, upstairs they have like really old like the eighties yeah, yeah, stuff. That upstairs is like it's there's some really interesting stuff from like the early eighties. They have yeah. some really I mean that's that's of course uh, uh what's the uh, famous documentary? Uh King of Kong. Yes. Right. That, a lot of that takes place in fun spot. Yeah, it does. It's a really, really fun that's so you had your fortieth birthday I did the same place I had my eleventh. <laughs> I guess it's I guess that's perfect. Yes. Well, oh, hope- you yeah, you went to Soprano Con for your 40th, right? I did. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, you uh, we get the slam dunk card <laughs> fixed, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Well, uh, yeah. Oh, yes, we will be back tomorrow. We're recording tomorrow for us, well. real time, and, and you're uh, hearing it tomorrow. Uh, people versus Life Flint, soul coughing, uh, super bon bon, um, and then you know, come come to the uh, oh yeah tonight to tonight come watch. We'll talk to we'll talk about uh, Beverly Hills Ninja, right? You can you can make fun of Matt for uh and how this episode went, or you can tell me you did a great job. Probably they'll tell me I did a great job, considering <laughs> the circumstances. A terrible shot. Uh, uh, wait a minute though, and um, we haven't done Farley, so this will be an interesting one. Yeah, I mean, for, he hasn't been in too many movies. We, we saw him a little bit in Billy Madison, but oh, I mean, yeah. he only really top line three movies. You know, of yeah. course, uh, Tommy Boy, Black Sheep, and uh, Beverly Hills Ninja. So right. there isn't a lot of opportunity, but obviously, I guess we, can, there isn't. we can talk about you know a lot of the. Uh, Obviously, most of his career was on SNL. We can talk about some of those sketches or whatever. Yeah, it'll be or, fun. Uh, or just kind of the movie in general. I have some stuff. Uh, th- by the way, the great book if you're looking for a good uh, biography. I'm not a huge biography guy, but the Chris Farley show, it's an oral history mm. his brother did. And uh, you think, oh, brother wrote it. They're going to be really... No, they hope they pull no punches about really? their family, about how his father was uh, had some major addiction issues. Uh, and then Chris's downfall is all there on the page. It is a really interesting take. And Beverly Hills Ninja plays a pretty big role in kind of the beginning of the end for Farley. Uh. We talk about that a little bit on the show, uh, on the on the movie watch too. Uh, but if you're looking for a good book, I'd recommend that too. Cool. Anything else? That's all I got. Good. We're done. 